are listening to the Flood Podcast. Music and more with Bushy and Metal Mike. Sit back, crack open a cold breeze, break out your step, light it all in. While we do our retrospective views and discussions of all things music, food, and entertainment. If you're Metal Mike, Metal Towns. So without further ado, here's Bushy and Metal Mike. All right, this is the Plug Podcast, Music and More, with me, Bushy, and fuck, Mark says he has the greatest co-hosts, Mark Alden Taylor from Freeform, he's fucking wrong, Dr. Fuck has, doesn't have the greatest co-host, not even Aaron Camaro has the greatest co-host. Oh, wow. I have the greatest co-host, Metal Mike, how are you? I, okay, now, I appreciate the sentiment there, brother. That's really fucking awesome of you to say. I don't know if people are going to take it seriously, though, because after all, you've said that OU812 is better than what, David Lee Roth, Van Halen album? I think it was Women and Children first. I what? Know, I know everyone keeps saying fair warning. If it's fair warning, then that stands for sure. Women and Children first, during that interview, or during that uh, during that thing, yeah. I definitely felt that way on listening to both of them. Dude, women um, and children first rules. What is wrong with you? There's a list. <laughs> How you been, brother? God, we I'm in all right. We don't, all right, we don't get right, to do man. this anymore. Yeah, it's, dude, it's just been crazy lately, man. But hey, I'm actually seeing a light at the end of the tunnel on that situation. So, well, that's, um, that's good news. You know, so yeah, and I, you know, we wanted to just get one more, um, you know. Uh, episode in before we take off to rock and pod and and like i said you know uh i've even had to postpone some other things man i was supposed to uh record with uh our good friend mark alden taylor and by the way which podcast uh which co-host is he's talking about he's got like three or four well, of them. he's talking about both of them <laughs> oh. oh okay charles okay. trainer i mean that guy yeah. likes oasis you know fuck him um yeah, Oasis sucks. I'm sorry. Garbage. I've never liked Oasis. <laughs> Me neither. Ever, ever. I love Charles. I've worked with him a lot on those uh, Black Spitter Circles podcasts. And, I mean, um, you know, I'm, I, I've never gotten it. I mean, Ralph and Eve even even like yeah, it. Yeah, they but love I'm just Oasis. Like, I, I'm just like, never got it. Never got it, man. And Jerry Supe. Yeah, Jerry Supe, actually, is how you pronounce it. Uh-huh. And I was on his first episode. We did uh, Metal Church. Well, uh, did you? Blessing in Disguise. The funny thing is, it's like they get, you know, Lee leaves the show, you know, shit happens. Right. So Mark pulls in his guys from the BS sessions, which is cool. They're going to alternate weeks and such. But why is it that to get that thing off the ground, they needed the plug podcast help? Because the first episode was the mighty metal mic. Yeah, you're right. And the second one was the bodacious bushy. I know, you know, and one was for a really awesome album. The other one's for a totally shitty album, but still, I know. you're right. They needed your help. I agree. <laughs> that, that fucking Poison album is amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, whatever, dude. Why you got, why you got, man, dude, come on. Yeah, just because, you know me. Yeah, come on now, be, be serious, dude. Seriously. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Yeah, the Metal Church is definitely a better album. But that Poison album is fucking awesome. True, true not. No, it, yeah, <laughs> awesomely fucking shitty. No, stop your nonsense. Shitty. 
God, stop your nonsense, man. I'll take Metal Church over Poison any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Uh, it depends on my mood. Although I gotta say, uh, I, I know I told you off bike, but I gotta let the you know the listeners know all you know two of them that uh, the music you sent me, man. I've been digging into it now. The way I typically do it when people send me music is I save it for my radio show because I'm a horrible tube head. I'm I'm always too busy watching television to listen to music anymore, which I know is crazy as a music fan. It's sacrilege. But what I'll do is I'll just grab a song from an album. And throw it in when I'm doing my radio show. And uh, for Ralph and Ian who don't listen, fuck you guys. There was no Debbie <laughs> Gibson. I haven't done shit like that in months. Months. <laughs> you dirty fuck sticks. <laughs> I put like like the whole last block of my show today was all stuff that you had sent me. And thank you because like you send me like everything. But say if I say, let me, hey, let me get well, this band. You know everything. how that kind of came about, right? How's that? I can explain that. Well, part of it was, um, you know, uh, the fact that um, Mark Alton Taylor hit me up for some music and stuff, and and then you know uh, some other DJs too. And I have the kind of um, Dropbox that has like plenty of storage area, so a lot of times when I down upload something into it, I don't get rid of it right away. So I was just thinking to myself, man, I, now I had it in my head that I had sent you that stuff. But when we talked the other night, you're like, no, dude, you didn't send me in there. I'm like, well, fuck, here, let me rectify dude, that. this oh. guy, let me tell you, this motherfucker, <laughs> let me see if I can pull it up. You want to talk about busy. I spent the whole time on the phone with him. <laughs> we were Skyping like this. I spent the whole fucking time downloading music. And then I had to start the next day. Okay, so how do we start off? Um, okay, here. It was uh, Stone Error, which I haven't heard yet. Stone Nomads, I heard a little bit today. One, two, three, four different obituary albums. Elephant Tree, which I don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, Dara Malakian, Scars on Broadway. Crowbar, Corrosion of Confer uh, Conformity. That was all the shit that I downloaded while we were talking. I get up the next morning to get Valley of the Sun, The Who, Red Desert, Queen, Metal Church. And he only sent me Queen because I only have a few albums digitally, so shut up, haters. Uh, Metal Church, yes, I had none of them except for one album on vinyl. Mastodon, Machine Head, Lopan, and uh, Bellacore. Now, the You're Bellacore welcome. I didn't play today because like every song was like six or eight minutes long. yeah that that's something that like that's a bathroom break song dude like say you're doing your show and you're like man i really gotta go and you don't want to <coughs> go on the on the mic right away i mean i'll play bellacore on my show um from time to time but you know keep in mind i do a much longer show I mean, yeah so there is that but sometimes man if you're like want and you're in the middle of shit and you can't get on the mic right away I'll throw a Bella Corps on in there, man. That'll give you some time. That's for damn yeah. sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so I haven't listened to it yet, so I don't know what kind of music it is. It's kind of considered melodic death metal. The interesting thing about Bella Corps, they're the band I told you about that are really, really fucking heavy. Mm -hmm. And they have, like, two vocalists. They have a guy and a gal, and the dude's all fucking, you know, very, very aggressive. And the woman is very pretty and melodic. It's kind of different, but I do dig it. Even Bill likes it, and he's not really into death metal at all. And then... But they, they dress like they're fucking working for IBM or some shit, dude. Nice. That's funny. They don't really have a look. I mean, well, I guess they do. You know, everybody has a look. But I'm just like, oh, that's kind of crazy. Because my brother was always like, man, I'd like to just see dudes. No tats. 
None of the normal shit dudes wear or even be theatrical. Just look like they fucking work for fucking Microsoft or something or IBM. They just fucking walk in, just fucking rip ass. I'm like, well, here's the band for you, big brother. Yeah, for real. Yeah, so. I can't wait to check them out. Uh, all the stuff I played today, I really enjoyed. Uh, I'm glad. You know, it's funny because I know there's still a type of death metal I can't stand. You know, and that's that deicide type stuff. You know, I don't mind aggressive vocals if I can pick out what they're saying. You know, I don't have to understand the content, but I have to understand the lyrics. Um, but I'm getting to where I'm starting to be able to pick this shit out. I just mm-hmm. don't want to hear the whole time because I don't know what the well, fuck they're saying. My, my problem, and if you notice, like most of the death metal I've sent you, like Bellacore's more what they call melodic death metal, and well, that's then what they the call other a lot death of metal too. So right. Um, well, really, they're their own thing. It's kind of like the Hugh, the guy, the band I sent you, Mongolian metal. They're totally they're their own thing. fucking great, dude. Oh, they're cool, aren't they? They do I the sh- throat singing and shit. It's fucking amazing. You know who I? Uh, you know where I saw them at? They opened for fucking Megadeth and yeah. Five Finger Death Punch, dude. Yeah. That's how I discovered them. And I was like, and there was people in the crowd that were there to see them and they were into it. And I was like, Mongolian metal? I gotta hear this. But it's the, I pronounce it, it's actually, I think, pronounced the same way as the Who. But I'm like, what, yeah, but that's confusing. Right. You know, so I always call them the Who. Just the H-U, folks. H-U. Yeah, the, 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 the H-U, the Who. But they're pretty fucking cool, man. I dig them. I'm glad you liked them. That's funny, because last night I was asking an old girl, I'm like, you know the who? She said, yeah. I said, no, not that one. <laughs> she goes, oh, then, then no. <laughs> I knew exactly what I meant when I said, no, not that one. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we played some of that while we were drinking last night. Oh, yeah? No, I, I, I enjoyed a lot of that uh, A lot of that music that I played. Um, more but I'm glad Angel, you liked it, I had man. I never listened yeah. to. Uh, some stuff I'd absolutely never even heard of, at least the other bands I'd heard of. So that's always exciting. But yeah, I, I have found as I'm getting older, it's fucking weird. I'm going less and less back to a lot of that 80s stuff when I go to just play something. I'm starting to listen to the heavier stuff. and uh, Well, well it's Bushy, good. I'm really happy to hear that because, dude, I love that a lot of that 80s stuff, too. Some of it, not so much, but some of it. You know my my wheelhouse. You know oh, my, yeah. my love. I mean, come on, man. I love Doc and I love Rat. I love early Motley Crue. I love that stuff, you know. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, man, bro, you know, there's like all this other music you haven't heard. And there's a lot of, like some of the stuff I threw at you were newer bands, like Bellacore's not that old. Right. Um, uh, there was a couple other bands I threw at you that, that aren't that old. Uh, the, the, um, what was some of the other ones? Let, let me, uh, might have to hold on a second. No, I can, I can pick it up. Uh, Lopan. I didn't listen to them. They're a newer band. They're. I think you'll really like them. Um, Machine the Head, of, I've heard of. Yeah, I know you. Know, you've heard of Machine Head. Mastodon, I had one album. You just completed my collection. Metal Church, I had nothing by them um, on my hard drive. You know, digitally. Queen, I had a lot of their stuff, but as far as actual albums, I only had digitally the debut and. Um, no. What's the other one? Did I send you all of Crowbar uh, or just the Zero and Below album? I believe you sent me all of it. Okay. Um, yeah, all of it from 91 to 22. Cool, cool. Yeah, that's, that's how you do it. Uh, um, Red Desert. See. I don't know what the fuck that yeah, is. Yeah, they're they're really cool. They're like a, a stoner metal, stoner rock band. Um, there's a... Um, let's see, what else the did Dabu, I send Valley you? Valley of the Sun, COC... 
which um, I've never owned any of their albums, but in the late 90s, they were on Concrete Corner a lot, late 90s, early 2000s. So I've heard songs, The Crowbar, The Dara Malakian, uh, Elephant Tree, Obituary. Now, these four albums, I think they were all live albums. Three of them or four of them are. Uh, the, the, the 10,000 Ways to Die, The Slowly We Rot is live, and it's called Live and Rotting, and then The Cause of Death, because those are actually older obituary albums, which are fucking stone-cold classics to obituary fans. But the production is kind of limited. I mean, I'm not don't mean I'm not putting them down to despair. Those are classic albums. I know some people are like fuck you, metal man. Fucking production's what gives the album half its charm. I agree, but I'm just saying the reason why I picked these up and I did it when I bought the 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 new album, Dying of Everything, on gold vinyl. I may add. Nice. Um, they gave me a free download of that, and I went and got these other albums from their. Um, uh, band camp and that's another thing i've noticed that more bigger and established bands are doing band camp which is great because the one thing is is when you buy their music whether you buy it just mp3 format or well you know they they offer flack too and other different digital formats or vinyl if you get it in vinyl you get a free download yeah. of the you know the album itself and and they got all the metadata correct it's at the very highest quality of you know it's the 320 kbpbs you know, which is the highest quality an MP3 can have. Yeah. I mean, uh, and if you buy the, the the band's albums on Friday, the the artist and the band get 100% of the profits. Right. So it's just a – I love Bandcamp. We all know this. But, yeah, there's been all kinds of bands that I've uh, – well, like I know I sent you the Who, Valley of the Sun, mm -hmm. Stone Nomads. That's a yeah. new – they're a newer band. Red Dead Dude, I, I played band. one of Stone Nomads songs. I don't remember which one it was, but it's fucking good. I, I know I a while it. back I sent you Lucifer. They're a newer band. They're good. You still uh, haven't sent me Native Sons. That's what led to all this the other night. I know. I, I, you know, I, I think say, I even made a Native zip Sons file of it. Is Let what I check. need because we're interviewing them. Hey, type dude. And it's like, what the what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, I just realized that at work the other day. I'm like, oh fuck, I don't think I sent him the Native Sons. So I'm gonna do that right now because I do have the I, I made the zip file for you, but I forgot to upload it, bro. <laughs> I do apologize. Uh, we'll let it slide. So anyway, man, it's good to talk to you again. Like I said, it's been way too long. And uh, we had Chris Sinzak the last time, and that was a lot of fun having yeah. him. Chris Chris rules. I love that guy. He's a great guy. I I, uh, I always look forward to the end of Rock and Pod just so he can stop stressing. Yeah. Because I know he stresses the whole time. And this this one being the biggest fucking one ever, which we say every year because every you year know, it's it is. true. But I'm I mean, just glad he biggest got venue, I, you know, biggest amount of, it's, it's the most amount of events going on all around Nashville. I know, dude, it's insane. There's so much stuff going on that weekend. Um, the most amount of podcasts, I mean, last year was huge because there was like 40, I think there's 50. This year they have 50 different celebrity guests. I know. It's That's just, fucking insane. Like they're still announcing, like Ricky Rackman's going to be there. Oh, is he? Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was announced two days ago. Cool, cool. No, but um, uh, I really enjoyed talking to him. And Chris, you know, super good guy, man. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm glad he has his wife and the support system that he has. He even wished her a happy birthday or gave her. Uh, no, I think he he thanked her for everything she did. And I just said, you rock and rule, Melissa McBride, Sinzak. Yes. Which Chris put a love in my, But, you know, hey, man, you know. It's uh, it's important to uh, um, 
acknowledge the people that help you, man, you know, along the way. And I am glad that he has a good support system, man, because fuck, he needs it, you know. Yeah, putting these things on. Absolutely. Oh, I, I I admire the hell out of Chris. Oh, I mean, yeah. I've told him that to his face. I'm like, dude, you are the man. Because I don't think I don't know how he does it. Honestly, I, I I feel swamped with my work and everything I got to do. Plus doing the podcast. Plus doing the radio station. Plus helping run that metal station. You know, and um, I've got all that stuff going on, and uh, you know, and then I and then to 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 do something like Rock and Pod. My God. I mean, I can't imagine how many countless hours are spent just trying to, you know, email PR people to try to get guests and such, unless you have a personal relationship. And I know Chris does. Chris and Aaron both Well, the do. thing is, the thing about Chris and Aaron, they've been in the podcasting game for so long that yeah. they were able to make a lot of connections. Yes. You know, and, and, and I think that helps, obviously. True story. This one's going to be a blast. We are... Uh, Dude, I, everything's in line. So we got tickets. We got tickets to all the fun shit. We yep. got the room booked. I just, here, reserved go, my, I just reserved my rental car. I picked that up Thursday afternoon. I, I Dude, barring me getting str- you know stricken by lightning. This time next week, dude, we're going to be fucking having a blast. Fuck yeah. Can't wait to meet everybody. I'm actually excited to meet like Jerry. Charles is flying in from fucking Poland. Oh, I know, dude. There's a lot of crazy. Uh, there's a lot of people now. Why does Charles live in Poland? Does he work there? I guess. Or? Yeah, he works with the United States military over there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you know, from a veteran to a veteran, we appreciate it, and he's still working for the military. So that guy's badass. But yeah, he's flying in from Poland. I I think he said he hits JFK Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. Right on. He's coming stateside. Um. Of course, Mark Alden Taylor's coming, and all our other friends. You know, those are the three. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited because it's one of those first time face to face meets. Even though with doing the Zoom stuff with with Mark and doing the, um, uh, whatever that other site is, uh, Streamyard or whatever, doing right. that with, uh, you know, Andy and Al being on the, um, the Black Spinner Circle podcast. You get to see the guy, so it's not quite the way it was the first time we went around because a lot of people are doing the video podcast. But to be able to meet somebody face to face, like Mark and I talk on the phone, you know, we text each other and shit. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be cool to actually finally face to face. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, definitely. his wife sent me a happy birthday text. Well, they both did. They sent me a text message, and it was her singing to me. Ah, oh, nice. And, uh, she's got a great voice. That's why she does the caroling thing every year. Cool, cool. And, uh, and then, of course, it goes to Mark. And Mark says, happy birthday, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But it was fucking great. I'm really looking forward to uh, finally face-to-face meeting these folks. Oh, I, in fact, I think there's even going to be some of the listeners of the podcast that are going to be coming. Like Adam. He's supposed to be there. Uh, there's some other people, too. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to to not just meeting fellow podcasters who I've not met in person before and of course fellow online radio people but you know the listeners man I oh mean, yeah getting cool. to meet the listeners will be real cool and look come to our booth man we're, we're we're going to go through our schedule so you guys know when to leave us the fuck alone but <laughs> right 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 but um not come to our booth I have that metal station stickers and the plug podcast stickers now, one each go to Metal Mike. I got to let me clear the air there because I was supposed to send them to you a year ago. 
Mm-hmm. It never did. But I still got these stickers, so they're coming with me. Come pick yourself up a sticker, slap it on your car, man. Support the show, support the uh, support the radio station. That'll be cool. And oh, you yeah. get to hang out with us. And if Bushy does it the way Bushy normally does it, I'm going to have my cooler stashed under the fucking table. That's why I requested a tablecloth <laughs> so that I could drink beer. <clears throat> well, don't get too fucking drunk, dude. Well, Just saying. I'm going to try not to, but... Yeah, you try not to. The next thing, fuck, blah, 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 blah. Like yeah. that one video uh, episode you still have yet to release, motherfucker. Oh, that second part? But, dude, that's, yeah. it's embarrassing. I'm I know it's embarrassing. That's what I'm saying, man. Look, I'm not saying don't drink, bro. Just kind of take it down <laughs> about 10 or 20%. That's all I'm saying. Bro. Now, look, the second part of that episode was recorded that night. So we'd it was done it was. fucking two or three hours. We had. We probably should have waited. It, we should have waited. It did. I had to do two or three more. So, yeah, I got yeah. obliterated. Yeah. But, no, we finally got our interview list for rock and pod which i'm pretty excited about man yeah it turned out pretty well um we got craig gas friday so which whichever of us gets there first may, and we may both be doing yeah, that one because so. I, I plan on leaving at nine o'clock in the morning yeah we're gonna leave pretty early here too so that so. should put me there around one o'clock because i forget there's a time zone shift <laughs> yeah for you there is for me there is not you know so i get i got fucked up last time i, I should have been able to interview you know greg bissonette i was yeah, there in plenty yeah, you of kind time. of fucked that one up dude yeah yeah that was on me <laughs> I'm messing my, with you, my bad bitches <laughs> we're gonna be talking to craig gas again uh i will definitely be there by three so that i could talk to him because i didn't get to last time and that's just because it was so fucking hot i had to get out of that room but saturday you know all morning long the expo starts at 10 and we are free the whole morning. We don't have anything until 1.20 when returning guest to the show, Jack Gibson of Exodus, is on. Yeah, yeah. And then we have another 25 minutes with nothing to do. At 2 o'clock, we have Native Sons. And uh, we, we spoke to them last time. They're a good interview. At 2.20, I think this is the one that me and you both are kind of hard-dicked about. We have the great Eddie Fingers Ojeda from Twisted Sister. I was blown away that we landed that one. I didn't think we would get that With one. the number of podcasts there this year, I was shocked to get them too, but that's the one I really, really wanted. So uh, if it was Tracy that set up this, the schedules, what is it, Tracy McAndrew, I think her name is. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for that, Tracy. Yes, Big yes. shout out to you. Because I didn't give her like who I wanted more. I just wrote down a list. Of the people that we wanted, and what's and she was so sweet. I didn't realize that Jack was on the list. I must have missed him. So then later, I sent her going, "Hey, could you put Jack on if it's possible? If not, don't worry about it because I've already interviewed him. But I'm a huge Exodus fan. I'd love to say at least be able to say hi to him." And she's like, "No problem, huh?" And I got it. Yeah. So nice. you know, and uh, so that was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Now our afternoon is pretty booked. Um, we got a little more than I thought we were going to get, but not nearly as much as we had last year. We were busy all day last year. Um, so that only ended about 2.35 because everything's no longer than 15 minutes. Um, Blackwood, which I've still got to research. I'm assuming yeah, this is a local Nashville band. Um, but, you know, if I could find their music, it would be great to be able to listen to them, find out what they're about. That's at 3.15. Then we get like an hour off, a little over an hour, hour and a half almost. 4.40, we got the great Martin Motnick. Bass player from Accept. Accept. He was a good interview last time. He was. Really nice guy. So I'm looking forward to talking to him again. Absolutely. 
Now, at 5 o'clock, because that goes to 4.55, at 5 o'clock, we have B.B. Buell. And uh, that's interesting because we're not allowed to ask certain questions. And um, that's new. <laughs> but apparently, she doesn't want to discuss anything about her Playboy years. But all the rock stars she's had to have mingled with, she's got to have some great stories in there somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. I Plus, mean, I mean, know, she's, she's lived Tyler's bomb. mom. So. You know, and, and, and then there's also the fact that, I mean, I don't know, I found it a little weird because I'm like, but, sweetie, you probably wouldn't have met any of those guys if it hadn't been for you being a playmate. Right. That's what got her in the door. But, I mean, maybe she's just tired of talking about it. I'm sure, I mean, especially if that's what everybody wants to talk about. It's like, what's you having to really like? Hey, uh, babe, BB, you don't have to worry about I could give a fuck less, really. I right. don't care about anything. I just want to hear, I just want to hear your rock and roll stories, man, like. You know, oh, yeah, I mean, like with Steven Tyler and, snorting blow off your tits. I mean, what was going on? And then, well, you know, you had Todd Rundgren, who I guess was Liv's Ty, Tyler's dad for all, sense and per, all t intents and purposes. Like, from what I understand of the story, Steven didn't even know that Liv was his daughter. Yeah, that's the way I understand it. Yeah, so it's kind of like, whoa, you know, so, um, you know, that, that's, the, that's the stories I want to hear, man. Hell yeah. And at 520, um, I'm excited for this. I, I, I know mean, a lot of people don't... Hold that thought, but one of the questions, first questions I'm going to be like, what was it like being there during the whole... I mean, to me, man, the 70s, dude, is kind of like the golden age of hard rock and metal. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and it's like, what was it like? It must have been amazing you know and then just have her fucking tell us some stories man yeah absolutely anyway go ahead oh yeah 520 we got courtney cronin dold that'll be our last she is such a sweetheart day. and a very funny lady man i'm looking forward to that i'm looking forward to it because i haven't met her face to face i don't believe i may have last year i don't know i'm facebook friends with her oh i am too but that doesn't but uh but um that doesn't mean uh, anything but she even, because when she took pictures, uh, we took a picture, she even said, you know, I've really busted Mike's chops, but he was a good sport about it. So she fucking knows who I am, dude. Right. And that's really all that matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really not this egotistical fuck. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just being the doctor fuck to Nate's uh, Ian. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> but no, I get, to, I get to finally meet her and talk to her, and uh, uh, that'll be interesting because I would love to know what goes on in green rooms. You know, uh, with other comics as they're waiting to go on, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, that's that's our rock and pod day. Um, of course, we have the pre-party mixer. I don't even know where that's at yet. Then you have the the pre-party, and uh, that's the rare hair performance. That's always fun. It was a blast last year, the year before. Oh, it's always been. It's just I don't know what I love about it is just catching up with. Um, you know, I mean, even like the first time I went when I didn't meet any of these people in person, man, I mean, and that was when I went as just a patron. I was not a podcaster yet. Right. I was I was doing the metal station, that metal station thing. I had my online radio show, but I wasn't doing podcasting yet. And the weirdest thing is, is I'm, I'm walking literally into the lobby and I'm carrying my luggage and I had my back to the door. So I push I use my back to push the door open. And the first thing I hear is, holy fuck, it's DJ Metal Mike. And it was Ralph Vieira's voice, man. And I turn around and he just runs up and gives me a big hug, man. And um, it was just like, that was kind of surreal to me because I'm like, man, this is a guy who I used to watch his Thrasher Die videos. I watched his videos when he was, you know, 
you know, doing his record reviews and stuff. And I always thought, man, this guy's really cool. I watched his video when he announced he had a podcast. And then I started listening to the podcast. And then, of course, you know, the podcast got picked up by that metal station. And then Scott put in his ad. And, and here I am, dude. I wouldn't be doing any of this if it wasn't for those two guys. And, of course, Bill Wayne for his – I mean, I miss that Facebook group page he had. God, that was a great Facebook group yeah, page. Yeah, it was. So much fun. And we love Bill Wayne. And, and then, of course – uh uh, Scott Green for giving me and and all of us the opportunity as far as the radio side of things. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, you know it's all a great time. Uh, getting to meet these people is always a yeah. Blast. It is. It's a blast, man. I mean, you guys, if you can, uh, please. I would love to meet you, man. Even if you're not a regular listener of the podcast, and you and you, and you're a Metal Mike listener, or you're a a Bushy listener of the radio show, or you, you guys are from the part because most of us, a lot of us, are part of what I uh, what's commonly known now as the as the RMCP Army. You right. know, I still want to meet you, man. So oh, it yeah. should be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's going to be an absolute blast. It always is. It always is. You know, when we're not busy, man, come up and talk to us. By all means, and yeah. I'm sure we'll probably have people hit us up for interviews just like they did on our downtime. Yeah, you know, uh, last year. It's just I didn't want I didn't sign up for as many, and I did that consciously because as great a time as I had the last time, I almost felt a little overwhelmed because dude, some of them interviews was like boom, 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 yeah. boom, back to back. It's like fuck, can I go take a leak, man? Yeah, we were very, <laughs> very busy. Uh, yeah, we have all yeah. morning to like I said, meet and greet with folks, check out yeah. the expo itself. Maybe watch some panels, you know, which is something yeah. that I'd never get to do. So I'm really looking forward to that aspect. Right, right, right. I think it's just going to be it is going to be a dynamite time. Go to uh, rockandpodexpo.com. Use promo code PLUG20. It'll give you 20% off your tickets. It's only 25 bucks anyway, man. The rest of the cost is just hotel, your know, accommodations, things like that. Right. But, you know, bring your ass on. Come meet us. Grab a sticker. Maybe we'll even put you on the mic. Hell yeah, man. Well, that's what I um, – because one of the other things I want to do for future episodes is, you know, like I still have my whole musical origins idea where we get somebody to come on and talk about what band or artist broke their rock and metal cherry and kind of tell their musical history, so to speak, of how they got into certain bands and stuff. You know, people like Bill Wayne, Ralph Vieira, uh, but even some of our listeners like Adam. I'd like to have him on, man. We still got to get Scribble on. Um, again, and uh, got to get Mark Alden Taylor for nerdgasms because we, you know, talked about that. So, you know, uh, and we have to the do other that thing just I so he do... stops crying all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but uh, <laughs> we love you, Mark. But uh, the one thing that I was also going to point out is because I, after I get done doing this and I get that fucking monstrosity off my back, which I'm almost done. Um, we're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna start opening up and doing more interviews too, like I did with Jason Hardaway. And whatever interview I do, I'll play it first on the Metal Mike Show, but I will give it as content to this podcast. So, you know, I've got some things lined up, and there might even be a few guests that I think would really be good for the plug where we interview them. It nice. won't just be a Metal Mike thing, you know. So, uh, yeah, because there's this one gal I, I befriended her uh, in New Orleans. Uh, she's a country music musician, outlaw country music. Nice. And uh, her name's Kim Carson. Really sweet lady. Very attractive woman. Um, and she's she ain't no spring chicken. And I don't mean that in any disparaging or disrespecting way at all. But I hit her up months ago for an interview, and I never followed through on it. She was like, "Well, I would be honored because I told her, yeah, I do a metal station, but to me, 
outlaw country is similar in metal in the fact that it's very fucking fuck you. Yeah. You know, it's the attitude, you know, kind of like punk. You know, I always, always thought that was funny how back in the day punkers and metal guys didn't like each other. And I'm like, uh, you guys are more like than you are different. Right. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny that it's 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 kind of funny how eventually they realized this is fucking stupid and everybody started kind of getting along, you know. And plus once you had the whole crossover thrash thing going, well then that really blew the doors open for that type of stuff. Well, but you got to figure yeah. thrash was just punk played better and with better guitar solos. Well, to me, thrash was just what it was. It was punk mixed. It was your Ramones and your Sex Pistols and Discharge and Exploited mixed with Black Sabbath and Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and yeah. and, and and Zeppelin and all that stuff. You know, that's all it was. It was it was the ferocity and the energy of punk with the musicianship and the um, technicality of a lot of those metal bands. Absolutely, that's what made it so fucking awesome. Hell yeah! I always did like thrash. You know, Megadeth sold me on the thrash thing. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, that's your favorite thrash metal band of all time. So, yeah, yeah. You know, once I heard "Peace and, Sells," I, I was, dude, I, can, I was okay, like I you. Got, I'm like, yes. I'm glad you mentioned Megadeth because I gotta say something, man. What's up? So far, I'm not that impressed with these new Metallica. Songs. Okay, thank you. I haven't, I haven't even bothered to listen to the third one yet. Um, the second one was a big disappointment. The third one. It has its moments, but it's way too long. I, I watched it with Bill, and when he asked me, well, what do you think? I'm like, well, I like it better than the second song, but it still didn't really grab me. It's not that great. I don't know why everybody's spooing over this new metal. Like, I like Lux Eterna. I thought that was a pretty decent song. Yeah, that's a good jam. Overall. Yeah. But the other two, man, like the one, it's just, I just kind of, I hate to say it, man, I'm kind of getting some load reload vibes it's it i feel okay, like they're good, mailing good. it in I, did too. I, I feel like they're mailing it in i think they're just shitting stuff out and and anybody like i'm not saying that you got to say that the the sick the dying and the dead is better than dystopia because i know ian just recently said he didn't feel that the follow-up was as good as dystopia hey fair enough right. i mean even myself i gotta admit as much as i really like the album I haven't gone back to it a lot. I listened to it for a while when it came out, but I haven't gone back to it like I do Dystopia. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. I haven't but listened with that to Dystopia said, in a year or so, and I've listened to this album a lot. But but uh, Well, I did. I've listened to The Sick and the Dying and the Dead quite a bit since I got it, but i got to be honest, in the last month or so, I haven't. You know, Of course, I've been really busy with my new job and trying yeah. to figure everything out and, and all that. But, you know, uh, but i got to say, man, I think Sick and Dying the Day and the Dead whips this new metal. Now, granted, I haven't heard the rest of the album yet. Don't know how many tracks are on um, 72 Seasons, you know, but I got to say that. What was it? Something Dreaming Suicide or some fucking yeah, shit. I forget. Something like that. I didn't it, I didn't hate it like the second song really pissed me off. And I even tried to rewatch it again, the video to see if it was uh, it would grab me. And I'm just like, man, this. You know, it's it's just disappointing to me because I really liked Hardwired Self Destruct. I'm like, all right, man, Metallica's fucking getting her done again, man. And now I hear this, and I'm just like, man, I'm not. I don't know, man. It's just it's. So you haven't heard the new song? No, I haven't even listened when to it. I was done, so disgusted I, with the second one that I'm like, well, I want you this. to hear it. I want you to listen to it just to tell me what your fucking thoughts are, man, because I would be really interested to hear what you think. You know, because I don't know if you're going to be, you know. 
I don't want to say you're not as hard on him as I am, but I don't think you're as hard on Metallic as I can be sometimes, man. <laughs> no, so probably I want not. to know it's like, is it me? Is I am I being, you know, were my expectations? I mean, I think that's part of my problem with with with, with Hardwired. It was like my expectations. I dared to hope. Oh shit, maybe they're you know going to go back to doing what they do best and quit fucking trying to follow fucking trends or whatever. But I don't know. I just feel like this album so far. And I know there's probably a bunch of Metallica people out there getting mad at me. Well, number okay. one, you should get mad at me anyway, because right. it's just my opinion. My opinion should not alter your views about the new Metallica songs one way or the other. For real. You know, but I just, it's not really grabbing me, man. I got to say, so far, uh, this is not as good as, you know, Hardwired. You know, forget about comparing it to Megadeth for a minute. And I'm only comparing it to Megadeth because, you know, there were so many people like, oh, my God, Metallica's done it again. I'm like, what What did they do? Other than fucking Lux Eterna, man, they have, the other two songs weren't that fucking great, man. And I'm kind of being kind. My brother really don't like this third song where I'm like, oh, it had its moments, but it just it, it's way too long. The intro takes forever for them to get anywhere. It's just kind of. I don't know, I just kind of felt like they were like, okay, guys, let's just fucking... I don't think they really put their heart and soul into it. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they are doing the best they can. But after hearing the song, you know, because I like a lot of... Even the slower songs on, on um, Hardwired I like. Right. This is just... I don't know. There's something about it. It's not grabbing me, though. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a big fan. While we're speaking of albums, came up with an interesting topic today, and uh, it's not even what we were going to do, but it was so good, I had to shut Metal Mike up before we started recording. I'm like, no, save that. <laughs> hey, man. Okay, I'm like, cool. Save that. This is good. Well, today we're going to start, uh, we're going to discuss album covers from Kiss in the 80s and why they weren't nearly as good as the album covers from the 70s. Yeah, I mean, the 70 album covers are fucking iconic. Just iconic. There is not one bad 70s Kiss album cover, I don't think. Right. Even Double Platinum kicks ass, and that's a compilation. But, I mean, if you go down the list, man, every cover, I think, looks cool. And then you get to the 80s, and it's like, okay, you got Unmasked, which actually is not a bad cover. I kind of like that cover. A little goofy. The only thing I never understood is why they called the album Unmasked to begin with. I mean, obviously, with the comic strip, it goes with that, but they had already had the name of the album before they contact or contracted the artist to do it um so i'm kind of like well shouldn't that have waited shouldn't they have waited and called the album that ultimately became lick it up unmasked that would have made more sense to me but okay whatever but and then of course like the elder i mean i know you love that album dude but that cover is just what is it okay it's a hand at a door yeah and a door knocker. not very exciting it's no. not that it's not it doesn't grab you it doesn't go whoa where i mean the old kiss album covers man even though i know you're not the biggest fan of destroyer what a cover i mean i like destroyer them. i just think it's overrated well i think revenge is overrated so you know that's fine <laughs> anyway um even though i do like revenge and i you know it's an interesting thing besides the album covers i would like to kind of talk about their looks like the way they, the band looked because yeah. my Somebody posted a picture of Gene, and I believe it was the Animalize era. And my brother was like, "Man, it was really painful to, you know, Gene just looks like a dude in drag." And and I had responded to my older brother because I think it was Chris Senzak that uh, 
hosted that. It was a picture of Gene, and uh, I had kind of, uh, you know, more or less um, had uh, pointed out that to me, I think they looked their coolest. And I'm talking non-makeup era. I think the coolest they ever looked. I don't think they looked too bad on the uh, Lick It Up album cover, but I liked it when they. I like the revenge look when they that's wore the a, leather trench coat. Yeah, that's a good mean look. Yeah. That, yeah, and to me, it it was it was that's when they had kind of matched their. Um, that's when they had kind of, uh, you know, um, the 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 look matched the music. Yes. Now I know. Gene you know, looked like a badass with a goatee. Yeah, he did, and the, and the leather trench coat, and even Paul looked cool. They all looked cool, man. I'm like, okay, this is what I think they should have looked like. That's that's the look they should have rocked all along. They should have been wearing leather and fucking. Um, well, they went through the weird glam phase. I mean, what was it? 1980 I, was unmasked. Is that right? Yeah, un, uh, 80 was unmasked. Yeah. So, I, I know you're a fan of the uh, album cover. There's not a lot I'm a fan of. You know, it's probably the Kiss album I go back to least. It, I mean, it's no. a cool little comic strip thing. Yeah, I, that's all I'm saying. I'm like, it, at least it's something though, Bush. Some of these fucking covers in the uh, in the in the '80s is just like, what is that? Like, I don't get it. Well, Creatures of the Night was still cool. That was a cool cover. That was a badass cover. Lick It Up was cool. Look it up was okay. Yeah, it was just a, a shot of the band. Just a shot of the four bands without, without makeup. And, and, and the, that uh, should have been called Unmasked, but you know, right. whatever. <laughs> and then what was after that? Animalize after that? Yes, Animalize yeah. was after, uh, you know, uh, Lick It Up, and then you had Asylum. Okay, Animalize is just a lazy album cover. Very much so. Just, I mean, just lazy. The three different animal prints and such. Yeah, I'm just like, and I'm like, what a way. And, and maybe they did because I know at the time, Kiss were still kind of getting back on. People have to remember, man, they were hurting financially at that point in time, man. You know, uh, and maybe they couldn't afford to get a bat. But to me, I'm like animalized with a title like that. They should have had some bad at Ken Kelly who did Destroyer and all this, like fucking paint a picture of a dude like all transforming into some kind of like a were tiger or something like animal eyes, you know, I don't know. I just, I think that would have been something like that is yeah. what I'm saying. It was something badass looking, you know, and That's, you get, you get fucking zebra and tiger and like animal prints on a floor or a table, or yeah. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's like, that has got to be one of the worst fucking most lamest album covers. It's ever. even, that's even lazier than an album that came at the end of the decade. Right. I mean, it's just really like, what in the fuck are you, you know, what? You know, see, like, Asylum's a weird one for me because I like that album cover. I like the uh, cartoony type faces. You know, I like that they had the, the neon colors behind it were the ones from the solo albums, even though half of that band didn't do the solo albums. I thought that was kind of cool. Or it may have just been a direct slap in the face. I don't know. I liked the look. I think the person that had the worst look during that era was Gene. Oh, that and that's kind of what my point was to my brothers. Gene admitted that he never really felt comfortable with Kiss without makeup. Like he didn't really feel comfortable in his own skin, so to speak. That he kind of felt like um, he was. Uh, 
uh, you know, like he wasn't the demon anymore, you know, like Paul, I think made the transition pretty seamlessly really. Um, and I don't think Eric or even Bruce Kulik really had too many problems, but, um, uh, uh, Oh look, KC 95. Wow. That's my radio station from my local town. Chris Sinzak just said, despite final show announcement kisses, Gene Simmons says it'd be nice to do a Vegas residency. Yeah. And Chris said, I'm shocked. I tell you shocked. Yeah, whatever. They're never going to (laughs) quit. That's great. We shall shall see. That's for sure. Uh, How do we, Oh no, we talked about the other, just the hand of the door knocker creatures of the night. Uh, Look it up. Animalize asylum. And then crazy nights. I know it's a very divisive record. But we're talking album covers. I don't think that's that bad of an album cover. I like it. I think Gene was, getting into a zone with his look. I he think, doesn't look too bad there. Yeah, I think really. that's a good look for him. That's kind of the beginning, because he's wearing a leather outfit in that, during it, that era. What his I hair is grown like, out. Like, he had no bangs. I don't know if that's a wig or what, but he had, like, no bangs in the Asylum era. It was it was just horrible. It was just absolutely horrible. Yeah, Asylum, he looked like fucking, he looked like fucking, um, oh, what's her face from the Golden Girls? Oh, my God. It was, it was bad, dude. Oh, yeah. I, I, the one that played in Maud. Yeah. 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 yeah well, I, I mean, don't remember her name. I can't either for whatever reason. But Crazy Dice is a great album cover with the, the fractured, you know, glass. You know, well, the other thing I was going to point out, if you watch the videos, Gene's wearing an all leather outfit, and he and he's even playing a bass with the demon face. So he looks. The only thing I don't like, I don't like the glittery, high heeled boots that he's wearing. I'm like. Okay, you got this really cool leather outfit, but why aren't you wearing leather boots? You're wearing these, these. Oh my God! It was like you, you, you kind of had me there, Gene. You were looking pretty cool, and then I look at the boots, and you lost it right there, man. Still right. looks a hundred times better than he did on um, Asylum. Yeah. Or even I think during the now in the picture of Lick It Up, he looks okay, but during that era, the outfits he was wearing. Yeah, very strange. Yeah, he just it just didn't he just didn't look right, man. He I mean, I think that's kind of why he ended up doing what he was doing as far as like because um, remember back in the day they tried to do the whole agerogenous thing before they came up with the full face kabuki makeup. Yeah. And it didn't work because like Gene said, we looked like we were football players in drag you know we're yeah. all six feet and we're big dudes man yeah here it is right here um and it's funny because what chris did it's a picture of gene and i'm gonna say this is probably either the lick it up or a, maybe the animalize era but it's it's a balloon that's behind gene and i think they may have had it for him for his birthday or whatever but it looks like you know like it's attached to his back and it says in the 80s kiss had to cut way back on expenses yeah. Is the impact here on Gene's scaled down flying rig shows? And, you know, everybody kind of chimed in on, on what they said, including my big brother. And I, I just chimed in that I was like, you know, when he said, uh, yeah, not a good look during this time frame. He looked like a cross dresser during this period of kiss, in my opinion. And this is what I said, uh, David Tyler, I hear you, big brother. Gene has admitted more than once that he never really felt comfortable in his skin during the non-makeup era until the Revenge slash Carnival Souls era, which was also the time period they were doing the conventions. Now, really, though, I think that the look kind of maybe, even though I don't really care for the album, even Hot in the Shade, they weren't really wearing anything really outlandish. And the Hot in the Shade tours, when they started playing some of their older 
they, I thought Hot in the style. Shade, they had a pretty good look. They had a look much like almost Aerosmith. It was it was very casual. They they didn't have all the fucking rouge and shit on their fucking faces. You know, they were getting back to being like a rock and roll band. Um, now, now, the album cover sucks. You know, that stupid Sphinx with the glasses on. I'm, I'm not a fan of the album cover. I do like the record. Uh, but I, th- I think that was a good look, you know. You know what? I'm looking at them right now, and you're right. They don't look that bad. They're almost like casual looking almost. Casual. Like, it's almost like a Bon Jovi late 80s look. Not a, Obviously not a slippery one. I mean, like look. Paul's wearing a, a shirt li- or sleeveless vest. Um, even uh, Eric Carr's kind of. They're they're wearing leather jackets. Yeah. yeah, I mean the hair's a little teased, but this that was the time. It you was know? the eighties. Yeah, um, but uh, as I said, I think the the best non makeup look to me, the one where it matched the music, where I'm like, yeah, that's Kiss, was the Revenge Carnival Souls era. I I think that was when they looked their most coolest. Again, at the end of the day, it's the music that matters, not the way a band looks. But for me, and yeah, see, I'm looking at um. Uh, that crazy nice because it's it's the image with the band's faces, but a broken mirror. That that's not too bad a cover, not a fantastic cover. No, but, but compared it's, to, I mean, it's cool. comparatively speaking to the yeah. other '80s covers, it's not too bad. But what's interesting about the Asylum cover is if you notice, Paul's lips are purple, jeans are reds, and they were still doing the color thing. Yes, and and, and it's funny yeah, because even Bruce and Eric, Bruce were and Eric in, weren't even in the uh, in, no in, in those you know, in that era at all. But they're sitting there with like Pete's makeup, you know, for Eric and uh, Aces for for, yeah. for Bruce. It's kind of cool. I like that they did that. Like I said, I don't know if that was a shot across the bow, a slap in the face, or what. But I I really enjoy that album cover. You know, as simple as it is. Um, without that makeup on, you can't you can't have the covers we had in the seventies. Right, right. He said that the look they had during that time period matched the music and sound of the band. That was the closest the non makeup version of the band ever got to being themselves instead of imitating all the other bands out there and I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. And then I even posted some pictures and they do. They just like they just it, they look metal. They look they just I don't know. I just think they look cool during that era. Yeah, they so, got a they got a badass look about them. Like so, I said, Gene with the goatee, he just looks mean. So when he's singing "Unholy," you know, in that video, you yeah. you believe it. <laughs> well, right, and 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 the thing was is I remember the first time I saw that video, I was like, "Holy fuck, Kiss is back!" Yeah, like this is Kiss. Finally, we're getting something that sounds like Kiss to me, man. Where you know some of their other albums, I feel they fucking strayed from that. Whether people like it or not, you know, and that's all well and good. Well, I can't disagree. I mean, I'd be a fool to disagree, but those first six albums, dude, that is that Kiss sound, and especially the last three. I mean, even though most of their set list is from the first three, <laughs> those last three, dude, they were just stellar. And of course, I mean, Rock and Roll Over, Love Gun, and you know, Destroyer from 76. And that's when they started getting into the cartoony album covers. I mean, which is cool. I liked the original album cover. You know, the debut album cover, I, I, a lot of people are like, oh, yo, whatever, what is this clown shit? That's how I got into Kiss, because my dad gave it to me because of that very reason. I thought it was a cool look, and I saw what they were going for. You know, they were doing the Beatles thing. 
Oh, like, you mean the original Kiss album cover? Yeah. It's classic. What are yeah. you talking about, man? Get the fuck out of here. You know, the Hotter Than Hell album cover, I think, is really fucking cool. Oh, I love it. I love the Hotter Than Hell album cover, man. Hell yeah. Dress to Kill. I mean, knowing Come on, what that's I... that's iconic, dude. Them on, I it's, love it's, that cover. I, I do, too, but it's funny, because knowing what I know now about that shoot... And how, like, one of them's shoes was too big, jeans, pants were way too fucking small. But for whatever reason, it worked. It's a great album cover. I love that album cover. I always thought they looked like gangsters or something. Like, 19 Pro, like, you know, they're just standing there. You know, the only thing's missing is, is the background, of course, is 1970s New York. But if they had superimposed that onto a fucking prohibition era new york holy fucking shit dude. Like, yeah with like some old model t's and some tommy yeah. guns hell yeah dude i mean there's that, even like um i have an image that uh somebody did uh which is based on the dress to kill look and it's got them with tommy guns and it looks fucking awesome i'll send it to you yeah dude. hell yeah i bet that is awesome yeah yeah so those yep. are the uh well fuck we might as well talk about all of them um carnival of souls again kind of a lazy album cover but i don't think they really wanted to release it it took them so long to do it and it's you know it's a quality album um for as late as it came out they missed the boat because all that grunge shit was out in the early 90s well that's the thing but that's the that's the story of kiss in the 80s man they were always a year or two behind on whatever trend they, i mean even unmasked they try to do a power pop album Ugh. and uh, yeah but i'm going and and i don't that's the one album that kind of befuddles me because I do know Gene and Paul and those guys were fans of, I mean, they liked the raspberries for Christ's sake. So yeah. I know they liked power pop. So I, I think in another time period, they could have pulled that off, but they just weren't in a good place at that time to, to try something like that. You know, when, in my opinion, what they needed to do was desperately get back to their roots. Yeah. They fucking, um, yeah, I don't know, man, that album, I know some people like it, but I'm just like, Ugh. Uh, I think it sucks. I've always thought it sucked. I still think it sucks. Um, there was a time that I would have argued and argued and argued. Yeah, because you were a fucking kiss tar. About right? how great that album is. And uh, let's see, as I scroll down and I'm looking at it, let's see, is that you? I got a soft spot for that song. I do like it. Shandy it drives me insane. I don't like Talk to Me. Naked City, I kind of like. I do, I do like, like Naked City. Yeah, I do like What Makes the World Go Round. Um, tomorrow's good. I don't like two sides of the coin. I'm not a big fan of, uh, she, yeah, the, that whole second side of that fucking album can go away. <laughs> I sent you the, uh, image for, uh, them as gangsters. It's, it's very inspired by, uh, dress to kill. So when oh, you get a chance to check it out, yeah, I'm looking at it now. That's pretty fucking badass. It's funny. I thought I had lost you. I hear boop, boop. I'm like, Oh fuck. Did I drop? <laughs> <laughs> I've never used the chat while I'm talking. So that, okay. That, that threw me well, off. I thought about sending to you through Facebook, but then I'd had to sign back into Facebook and it was just too much work. No, I feel you. It's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll let it go this time. All right. Appreciate that, buddy. But no, man, um, it's just one of those weird things about, like you said, man, you go through their 70s covers and they're fucking iconic. Almost every one of them. Yeah. Um, 
even their solo album covers are fucking iconic. Right. You know? Psycho Circus actually upsets me a little bit. Why is that? Well, the cover you, does? Yeah. Cause oh, because it's 3D or whatever? Yeah, that yeah. 3D-ish looking thing. The big clown in the middle. I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, it's a circus, but aren't you guys wearing clown makeup anyway? <laughs> you know? it. You know, the, and the four faces seem very tiny. And to be the big comeback record. And this is another one of those albums that had you told me wasn't any good in 98. I'd have fought and fought and fought. But, um... A lot of that is hindsight and knowing what I know about the album now, <laughs> you know, that it was still just a Gene and Paul project. It, the album cover is lazy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. Sonic Boom. This one's weird for me because you got those other two guys in the makeup, which, okay, I'm over it now, you know, Christ, those two guys have been with the band longer than the other guys ever were. I, I, I get all those arguments. Um, yeah, I know they're a much tighter band, blah, blah, blah. I kind of like Sloppy Kiss, but, you know, whatever. Okay, number one, none of those guys have done anything near on the fucking level that the original membership did. No, I, you know, so I when people go, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I, I don't, don't either. I don't care if they're, lo- if they're longer or not. People always want to use that argument like it matters. Whatever, man. I don't give a fuck. I mean, people can understand something, though. I quit seeing Kiss in 2000. Right. I saw the fucking farewell tour, and I haven't went back to see him since, man. Now, if other people want to go, go with God, man. Don't give a fuck. But, you know. I went they, to, they got I the went to take Nevaeh. That I understand. I, I'm not, I, I get it. Because I, I saw him it. on the reunion, and I saw him in 99 on the first part of the farewell tour. I was good. I, I had seen the original guys, and that's what I wanted. Now, cause I, and I've said it before, you know, I wasn't allowed to go to concerts, so I had just jokingly said, well, if Kiss ever gets back together and puts the makeup on, I'll go see them. Well, that's when I started going to concerts, was in 96. But, yeah, I, I get it. This album cover, it's actually... Which one are we talking about again, brother? From 09. It's actually not bad, if you can get around the fact that's not Ace and Pete. So I like the, you know, the the old 1950s comic style writing of Sonic Boom right in the center of what looks like it's supposed to be a speaker, maybe. But it's an album cover that doesn't match the album. Yeah. Couple good tracks. Okay, well, here's a cover. If we're Are we going to cover other, like, compilations? Like, what do you think of the cover for Killers, which is just the band shot during the Elder era? I like that. I like the purple behind it. Yeah, I don't mind it. Um, you I, know, Paul's got the short hair. Gene's got the short hair. Whatever. That was the elder era. You know, um, Gene's doing a lot of acting. I don't know why Paul cut his off, but I know Gene right. was doing a lot of acting in movies and such. Um, and that's, and of course that's the one with Eric Carr on the cover, right? In the Fox it, makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's the Creatures of the Night album cover, which I really like what fans have done where you can get like... Um, and they really have made albums. I think it's bootleg, but... It's Creatures of the Night with Vinny on the cover instead of Ace, which rightfully so. Ace didn't really play on that record. Right. So, you know, and I like that Im- image, too. Uh, it, I don't it, like it's the alternate It's much better cover. than the alternate, yeah, the one with Bruce Kulick on there. God, that's a terrible cover, and Gene looks like shit in that fucking cover. What's well, one of those? It's like, why? And yeah. I, and I'm going to admit, that's the first cover I ever had. I didn't realize that it wasn't Bruce when I had first heard it. 
I was like, wow, I thought he wasn't in the band until, you know, in the middle of the animalized leg. Wow, that's interesting. Um, Because that's the cover I got. I had never seen the original cover with the glowing eyes. Oh, yeah. Then you got the cover for, um, and this is the guy that did the cover for uh, Creatures, too, the Linkin' Up cover. I don't think they look bad here at all. Like, um, Gene looks cool with the leather jacket and shit. And and, And that's the way I would imagine Gene would look, you know. Right. Um, and I wish they had kind of kept the look that they had on the cover here. Cause when they went on tour, they were wearing spandex and yikes, man, the demon in spandex is kind of scary. I'm just saying, <laughs> love you, Gene, but what the fuck? And uh, then, but what's interesting, he's still if, wearing spandex when you wear the German or, or the Japanese version, it's still them and their makeup. <laughs> I guess they didn't want Japan to know that they had taken their makeup off quite yet. You know, that's funny. Yeah, Animalized, I think I've seen that cover is a terrible cover. That is just, it's like, what, a bear rug, a fucking leopard, zebra, and tiger. It's like, what? It's horrible. What kind of a fucking album cover is that, Lazy. Man? Um, Just fucking terrible, man. The back cover looks cooler than the front cover. Yeah. At least it's a shot of the band with fire. Yeah, well, it's, it's that whole post-apocalyptic thing they had started mm-hmm. with a, you know, look it up. Right. Well, I don't think Monster is even a bad cover. Again, get past the fact it's not Ace and Pete wearing that makeup. And that's a pretty solid album cover. What do you think of the Sonic Boom cover? Did you like it? I didn't really care for it. See, uh, we even were talking about that. that did, yeah, I, I do like it. Uh, Unplugged is not a bad cover. I mean, it's just the band on stage doing it. I like the the, the um, live compilation they did right after that. The You wanted the best, you got the best. Yes, is, that's a that's badass a cover. cover. I love that image of the band. In fact, when I when I seen them live at the reunion tour, I got the shirt with that image on it. Yeah, that's badass. Plus, I finally got to hear "Let Me Know" live. Right. That's right. like that's like probably my. It's weird. I, I talked about this with um, James West when we were going through our favorite Kiss songs off of each album, mm-hmm. and then we were talking about our favorite Kiss song of all time. My favorite Kiss song of all time is um black diamond oh i love that song but my favorite song on this record on kiss the 1974 debut is let me know isn't that fucking weird oh interesting but i love i i i love i love that song though let me know but i dude it is fucking amazing live that was the best part of that you one of the best you got the best album is i got to hear it finally and the album kicks off that way too, which is just so fucking cool. Yeah, you got all these live tracks, you I know, think. that weren't on a live, I believe. Because I know Let Me Know wasn't. So we got that snippet. And then, of course, you have the whole um, interview at the end. It's absolutely. I, oh, uh, no. It actually starts off with Room Service, which is another great song. Yeah. Two Timer. Love me some Two Timer. Then it goes into Let Me Know. Yeah. Uh, Rock Bottom, which of course is from Alive. The rest of it's all from Alive and Alive too. But I yeah. really like the unreleased songs, man. The whole album could have been that, and I'd have been happy. Yeah, for real. Uh, That's but, a lot better than the Gene Simmons uh, Vault. Yeah. Thank yeah. God for Doctor Fuck. I didn't have to buy that thing. <laughs> I'd, I, I'd, I'd have been mad. I really had no interest in it. I <laughs> think I may have it digitally. Maybe I don't even know if I have it. Um, I do love the cover. Do you know the, the the series of CDs they do called Gold, where it's any band. It could yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. The cover for Gold is badass because it's them during the Love Gun Alive Two era on stage. That's right. a pretty cool cover. Um, 
Yep. Yeah, yeah they've had some great iconic album covers. They've definitely had some fall flats. <laughs> well, I, I definitely think... Uh, like even Dynasty. I love Dynasty, but I don't think it's a great album cover. Yeah, Sonic Boom, I don't know. It's okay, but I was a little disappointed because the dude who did the iconic rock and roll over album cover did that cover, and it just... Maybe if the, the band members didn't have pictures and it was illustrations, I'd like it better, but I, I can't handle I can't handle Frank and Ace. Fuck that motherfucker, man. <laughs> you know. And, and Monsters, okay. But again, I think that was not a bad cover. And that looks kind of like an illustration. But how cool would it have been? Like I liked what Dr. Fuck did a few years ago where he had like um obviously they would have had to pay money, but it was the universal Frankenstein monster wearing a composite of the different kiss members makeup nice um which i've seen that kind of makeup when people have done that where it's a mixture of all four members is pretty badass looking man oh yeah so so yeah you know um i don't know man it's just like it's just one of those things where kiss just kind of were kind of clueless in the 80s in some way For especially real? when they tried to be kiss jovi with crazy nights i don't know what the fuck they were thinking there but um hey you know that's me <laughs> um you know so i got a question yeah, hit me. What would be your favorite album cover? None of the compilation stuff. Take the Alive out. Because Alive 2 is not even a good album cover. It's just got a really great centerfold or gatefold. You're rather. right. Well, the first... Well, I, I do like the Alive 2 because it's got the headshots and, they, and they're and they all looking like Gene with the blood and Ace, and with Ace with the fucking light. It looks like a fucking UFO's... Like it's light over him, but it almost looks like you know how like when you see movies with UFOs or the lights are coming down on the people. That's what it reminds me of. That. I don't mind the Alive Two cover album. Is it my favorite? No, but the the the, the center. It's kind of like um as much as I love the iconic Alive album cover. Mm -hmm. What really makes it cool is when you open it up and you have the booklet with all the different pictures of the band and yeah. then all the letters and stuff but oh my favorite kiss album cover of the 70s or of all of them overall man all all albums <sighs> not including live albums and um man it's a rough like one killers I, and such man that's a rough one because man the i the love gun and destroyer covers are just fucking iconic but if i had to pick Rock and roll over, man. There's just something about that cover with the circle, with the four faces and the backgrounds and the eye beams coming out of Ace's uh, eyes. I mean, come on. There's a reason why that cover was on the, the stage on Unplugged, when they played Unplugged. They were playing on a stage that had that image. Yes. And there's a reason for that because it's just – it fucking rules. So that would probably be my number one. But that – hey, I mean, fuck, dude. The, the soul album covers are beautiful. You know, whether you like the records or not, you can't deny that that guy didn't do an amazing job. Oh, true story. And here's something interesting. You know what? Who? How they decided to do the colors? Because if you ever notice, that's when you. That's when it was on an album cover. There was a guy. He was really responsible for a lot of the pictures. Like he's the guy that took a lot of the pictures and the packaging for Alive. Dennis Wallach was his name. He did a lot of the pictures, and and the packaging for Kiss albums. Okay. Uh -huh. And when the guy was doing the original paintings, originally every every guy was going to have just like a yellow highlight in their hair, like if, if a spotlight was behind them. And that dude was like, no, no, man, they got colors. And the guy painting, it's like, since fucking when? And he's like, oh, well, he had to explain what they had done is when they had put out a live and you could get merch, they had these little pins. 
of, of the face of the characters and each character had a different they had to they had to come up with color backgrounds for the and it's those metal pins the ones that stick into your yeah, not yeah. not a uh, button pin and each one they had to to package it they had to you know because you got to stick the pin into something they had to give each character a background well you know gene spits red or blood so he's like okay red that's easy he goes ace he goes for whatever reason i thought of blue because he's in space and the sky and traveling planets and and he goes and then i had to think about the other one he goes i've settled with green on peter because he's a tiger you know he's a he's a cat and the cats in the jungle so that's why he thought and he goes paul was the hardest but then i thought well he's in his mind he's the lover so that's where he come up with purple. But you know what's funny? When I was a little guy, I always thought Paul was the angel to Gene's demon. Because think about it, dude. In the early days of Kiss, from like early on, man, especially during like the Alive era, even Alive 2 and even Love Gun, dude, Paul would have that gauntlet with the feathers. Yeah. So when I was little, I thought, well, it, maybe he's the angel. I mean, I know they called him the star child, but to me, I mean, and if you notice on the rock and roll, over album cover in the background there's wings behind paul like an angel gene has fire behind him but paul has wings you know ace has the space background of course peter has the um almost like when a cat's hair raises you know like when a cat gets upset there <laughs> i forget what they call that but their hair goes you know when a cat gets well dogs do it too their yeah, hair yeah. spikes up yeah. Get their cackles up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. you know, because if you look at the rock and roll uh, over album cover, and I got it right here. Um, yeah, man, Gene's got fire, but Paul's got wings, man. But then he's got these almost like these wavy I, I never noticed them. the wings behind him until yeah, just look right at now. It. Yeah. And if you look at it, he's also got these wavy lines almost as if he's got spidey sense. Right. I don't know what that's all about. But yeah, Peter's got the whole like his – like well, it looks like maybe – there's grass behind him too, because you got the green, but then there's like the this electric kind of like what the cat like even like if you if you pet their hair real fast, yeah, yeah, it'll it'll spark, you know. And then of course Ace has got the coolest background with the the comets and space and eye beams coming out of his fucking eyes because he's Ace, yeah, yeah. And of course with the ton and the and the and the flames. I mean, it's just to me, it's just like an iconic, iconic fucking cover. I I don't disagree. Um. I struggle with that one in the debut, and and I know the debut is nothing special, but maybe it's just because it was literally the first Kiss album I was ever handed. But I I, I would take oh, Rock oh, and Roll over it. with a close second on the debut, and then I know this is going to get your cackles up. Crazy Nights would probably come in at third as far as album covers goes. I like the fractured mirror thing. I do too. They, but you they know what took I like fucking Paul's I like guitar idea yeah. and made it a record cover, and you I, know what the, I, I you think know it's the fractured cool. Fractured mirror, I like better the instrumental that Ace does on his solo album. Yeah, man, 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 it's not even that great. Get the fuck out of here! Oh my goodness! <laughs> shits all over your fucking demons album. That album shits all over Gene. Uh. This, this is definitely one of those times I was saying something just to fuck with Metal Mike. I knew it. Of course I, I like I fucking say, Fractured Mirror. I, I, you know what? I, I think you say a lot of shit just to fuck with Metal Mike. Much like 
Unforgiven, I don't think Fractured Mirror needed 17 fucking sequels. But, you know, whatever. You do you, boo. Okay, I agree with you on that. Yeah, you I know. I agree with you on that. I'm like, Ace, I love you, man. But I, and, and thank God now when he does instrumentals, it's not Fractured anymore. It's like shit like Space Bear. Yeah, yeah. dude, keep doing that shit. Don't, don't. Don't try to recreate Fraction Mirror because no. he did it with Fractured Two and fucking Fractured Three, Three. and Fractured One. I'm, I'm like Ace, I love you, man, but fuck. Yeah, dude. it's like stop the nonsense. It's like Unforgiven. I know you're not a fan. I love that song. The second one, I'm like, okay, I see what they're doing here. It's like all oh, crunchy guitars the whole time to try to make us think it's not a ballad anymore. But I didn't like it. And then I'm like, uh, why do we have a fucking Unforgiven Three? I am good with the first one. I think that's a great song. And I love how the guitar solo happened because I've got that year and a half of the life of Metallica, you know, DVD. I love the way that guitar solo just came about. It was basically from your hated rival Bob Rock, basically telling Kirk to fuck off and give me the guitar player of the year solo. And that guitar solo you hear is just Kirk get pissed off. Which album or which song? Which shitty song? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Hey. Fuck you, man. Mike, don't, don't, don't make Fuck me walk you. up to you a rocket pod after not seeing you for two years almost just to have to slap you like a bitch. I'll Will Smith Dude, your I'll ass. I'll bitch slap you for a lot of different things. <laughs> Making the older your number two kiss album of all time. Get the fuck out of here. I'm surprised that's not your number one cover, bitch. That's a horrible album cover. Come yeah, on. Yeah, it's a fucking horrible album. That's not. <laughs> pretty bad, dude. Ace Fraley quit because of it. No sad. Now... Of course, my top five can change. It always changes. But I will tell you, it's weird. The Elder is still one of the Kiss albums I listen to the most. Like, I actually want to get off of this show and go listen to Unmasked again to see if it's as bad as I remember. Because it used to be so great. I used to think, man, you can't touch this. Like, Shandy was like this awesome song. There's a reason it was only good in Australia. It's because Australians live upside down. So obviously all the blood rushed to their fucking head. <laughs> they didn't know any better. <laughs> well, I think also what happened with them is, from what I understand, a lot of your early Kiss albums weren't available in Australia. So when they became available, they started getting a fan. There were Australian fans in Kiss way before Kiss ever entered Australia. So by the time Unmasked come out and they actually come, man, it was like Beatlemania because it was a big deal to them because they'd never seen Kiss a lot live before that's what i got out of it but i don't think you could get kiss albums in australia right away dude you know it was one of them things where they had to wait or whatever at least that's what i understand it's not that they think i mean they have fond memories of unmasked obviously because that's the first album they toured on and it, you know but the aussies were all about the heavy shit they loved black diamond they loved deuce they love all those classic songs you know so um, but I do agree with you, man. I mean, it's thank it's you for not, thank you for saving our Australian listener base. All one of you out there. <laughs> hey, there's a few of them. God damn it, man. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know what's interesting? I'm going through Aces. You know, he didn't do Fractured Two on Second Sighting though. The the, the instrumental he did on that, which I actually like, is the acorn is spinning. So it was like he tried to, and then I think he does a Fractured Three on Trouble Walking. So yeah, it was yeah. just like, and, and that uh, upsets me because. Actually, and then Fractured Quantum on fucking... Uh, Fractured Accompli. 3 is not bad. It's not nearly as good as Fractured Mirror, but I did like 3. Uh, but I but I like that record. That is actually my favorite Ace Fraley solo album. And that's including the 78 record. 
What trouble walking? Trouble walking. I trouble love that a good record. fucking record, dude. It's a good record. I mean, I know everybody loves Fraley's Comet, but come on. Even one of the songs I absolutely adore on that album is it, it's 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 pretty fucking bad, and that's Dolls. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that song either, dude. You know, but but I love it. But it's come on. Let's let's be real about it. You know what I mean? Second yeah. sighting. I can count on one hand how many times I've listened to that album. There's some good songs on there. I, I need to go back and give that a shot. Um, um, it, Origins it, Volume Two. I haven't listened to nearly as much as Volume One. I thought Volume One was a great record. It's a cover album, though. You know what I mean? Spaceman. Yeah. I listened to once. Space Invader. I listened to once. Anomaly. I listened to uh, three or four times. Trouble Walking. If I'm if I'm going just Ace. That is my go-to fucking record, man. That's got great tunes. Shot full of rock. You know, five cards stud. Yeah. And uh, the title you, track. You know what album it's better than? Uh, yeah, Hot in the Shade. Yeah, I said it. Um, anyway. <laughs> well, I would not disagree. And I like Hot in the Shade. And and you know what? Uh, Fraley's Comet's better than, than Crazy Nights. Yeah, well, I now, said that too. Now you're just being stupid. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Dude, I'll take rock fucking soldiers over. They crazy, crazy, crazy. Any fucking me, day of the week. Let me see this fucking, fucking rock soldiers is good. Breakout sucks. Into the night is horrible, but I love it. Something moved is no good. We got your rock. That's a good fucking that's a good, song. That's Fuck a good you. song. We love got your rock. Yeah. pretty cool. Calling you, I hate. Doll sucks. Stranger in a Strange Land is fucking awesome, though. And Fractured 2. Okay, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's still better than Crazy Nights, though, dude. Uh, I don't know. Right here, even this guy from All Music says, Fraley's comment is just as good, perhaps even better than Kiss's albums from the same era like Asylum and Crazy Nights, but it's a letdown when compared to 1978's far superior Ace Fraley. That's right, because, quote, Ace was often swayed into replicating the then-flourishing keyboard sweetened pop metal, which reigned supreme in 1987, instead of retaining his robust, guitar-fueled heavy metal sound. Thank you. Canadian journalist Martin Popoff, who I'm Facebook friends with, by the way, judged positively the recording and described Fraley's comment as an extremely likable hard rock metal album. Well-produced, big league, but warm and varied. See, uh, everyone sings all these praises to the 78 album. Rip It Out, amazing. Speeding Back to My Baby, amazing. Snowblown, uh, Snowblind, amazing. Ozone, amazing. What's on your mind? Why the fuck did you write that song? I like that song. New York Groove, you know, Ace does Better covers. Better than the original. Yeah, I, I, I like that cover. I'm in, just, I'm in like need of love. Man. I don't like Wiped Out. I could take it or I leave it. Love wiped out. Are you insane? Yeah, that's a take it or leave it for me. Da, 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 and then Fractured da, Mirror, da, of course. Yeah, shit's all over the Demons album. Just, just saying. Shit's all over Paul's. It's the best. Well, I say I like Paul's better. Yeah, you would. But but that's just I'm, right, you know, I, I'm being real there. I, I do like Paul's better, but I like ballads. Hey, you're not the you're not alone. You're you're not alone in that. A lot of people. I mean, I would say. It's usually, I think most people feel Aces is better, but Paul's is, but th it's like this. This is the way it usually goes with folks. One, you're either in the Ace camp or the Paul camp as far as the best one, right? right? Yeah. But what's the second best? Ace, right? To yeah, you. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Paul's the second best to me. See what I'm saying? I got you. I struggle. The, I think they're, actually Pete's is sound third the most. Best. Like it's it. When I hear Paul and, and Ace's albums, I think, oh, these guys did what they were supposed to do because I understand why Gene and Peter did what they did. Now, 
as a man, as a grown man. But I got to be honest with you, seven, you know, because those albums came out in September of 78. I was almost eight years old, Bush. Seven going on eight year old Mike didn't fucking get Peter and Ace or Gene's album at all. I was expecting. I I like Gene's album, but I like the vocal prowess of of Pete's album. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Gene's album is fun. I mean, every interview I've ever seen. He's just. Uh, he said he didn't want to do a fucking solo album. He just wanted to. He wanted to do Kiss. So he's like, "Fuck it, I didn't even care. I just grabbed everybody I could to come guest star on the album, and I banged what's her face, not Donna Summer, Diana Ross. She, well, he was banging Cher too at the yeah. same time. Yeah, yeah, she's on the album. Um, but I mean, look, dude. He, he, I think the problem with it is, is and 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 you might be right. Even though you know they always made it out like, well, they only did the solo albums to because you know things were bad with the band. Uh, no, it was in their fucking contract. I've seen the contract. I've seen it. It's it was in there. The solo albums was part of their when they re-signed with Casablanca. When when Alive blew the fuck up, they were no negotiated another deal, and part of that deal was solo albums. Right. I think if Gene had done a record, or even Peter had done a record like that, out of the confines of Kiss, not under the Kiss umbrella, it. I think people might have received them better at the time because, you you know, when you see the the iconic Kiss faces with the Kiss logo, you're expecting a A certain certain sound. Sound, and they did. We didn't get it. And I didn't. The closest we got with Gene was the whole uh, radioactive. That's the closest we got. Had kind of a Mm -hmm. Christine sixteen vibe with the piano. Mm -hmm. Sure. And then with Pete, fuck, did we? Did we get a Did we get a Kiss vibe at all? Not at all. The only, except for maybe the ballads. I mean, I will say no, this: I, maybe Hooked on Rock and Roll has a Kiss feel. You was kind yeah, of kind of rocky. Maybe. I think here's the thing with Peter's album. I think if he had gotten, which I know he he had a certain sound he was going for. He was going for that R and B. I understand yeah, yeah. why he did what he did. He wanted that that R and B. Um. You know, big band type stuff. That's what he was going for. And like I said, adult Mike understands that. But at the time, I'm like, what is this? Where's Baby Driver? Where's, where's you know, Hooligan? Where's where's the Peter I know and love? And yeah, yeah I did. Now, the ballads didn't bother me so bad because, one, I thought they were pretty well written. And, and I think Peter's voice is great for that kind of stuff. So, you know, I still say, even though he didn't write it, Sean Delaney wrote it. But I still say, I can't stop the rain. I think one of the songs he did um, was actually about him and Lydia breaking up, which is kind of a heartbreaker and it, yeah. and you can kind of feel the pain in peter's voice when he sings it um which a lot of these songs were written with him and his 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 former band mate i believe in chelsea is it chelsea that uh had sean delaney or not sean delaney uh stan pendridge stan pendridge um he he had a lot of co- uh, co-wrotes but he was peter's bandmate and uh what the fuck name was that band uh yeah. Well, I want to jump back to this Ace thing real quick because uh, I'm comparing the Ace '78 and the uh, my my favorite Ace album, Trouble Walking, and it's Shot Full of Rock. That song smokes. Do ya? Great ELO cover. I like that Ace always included a cover song. I fucking love it. He's great at covers, I think, man. Yeah, he, like I would and go, I would go see him at a bar for ten bucks, you know, to do covers. I mean, here's the thing. No, but here's the thing for me. When Ace 
like that. I don't. I'm not going to go so far as say yeah, his version's better than ELO's. But a lot of times, like I'm sorry, dude, and I know you're a big Stones fan, but Ace's version of 2000 Man fucking smokes the Stones. He made that shit his. Oh yeah, dude, fucking 2000 Man. And I think that's the same on thing. that's on what her Satanic Majesty. Yeah, it's whatever. real psychedelic and just weird. It sucks. Man. It's not that good a song. But great lyrics. Ace did, great yeah, lyrics. But, but yeah, Ace. That's Ace, what Ace said. He said, "You know what? I'm going to take the I'm going to take the lyrics from that song and I'm going to rockify it. I mean, it's still the same chords. Yeah. I don't know, but it's just what he did with it. And I think, but he did the same thing with New York Groove. I've heard the original version. Horrible. Aces fucking blows it away. Yeah, fuck hello. I, I don't even know who that is, but they suck. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, do you quality fucking song?" I actually, when I first heard this album, this came out in what, 89? When I first heard this record, I wasn't very familiar with ELO. I did not know this was a cover. Oh, um, I did. I've gone back and listened to the Do Ya version. I prefer the crunchy guitar sound of Ace's version to uh, the ELO version. However, I prefer Jeff Lynn's vocal. Oh, well, Jeff had a great voice, yeah. or has a great voice. I mean, you know, I always thought that Jeff Lynn could have been like, as far as vocally, I'm like, man, he sounds like George Harrison's long lost brother. They yeah. sound, a, in fact, when I hear ELO, everybody's like, well, I hear a Beatles influence. I'm like, I hear a George Harrison influence big time. Right. But come to find out, Jeff actually produced a lot of George's early solo stuff. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, I love this record. I mean, five card stuff. Dude, that's fucking amazing. Now, hide your uh, heart. Look, I'm going to tell you right uh, now. Obviously, Ace and the band were still on speaking terms. So all this stuff you hear about all this horrible shit they said about each other. Paul Stanley wrote this song with Desmond Child yeah. and, you know, Holly Knight, whoever the fuck she is. I prefer the Kiss version off of Hot in the Shade. I am not a fan of this version of this song. I'm not a fan of the song, so there you go. Uh, Lost uh, in Limbo, Fraley. Uh, good song. Trouble Walking, the title track. Great. Really cool. Favorite cool, track uh, on the album. Uh, even though he didn't write it. Uh, yeah, I don't care. Great song. Uh, Too Young to Die, Great. Back to School, Great. Uh, Remember Me, Great. And, and Fractured 3 ain't that bad. Fractured, so three, overall, it, Fractured 3 is better than 2. Uh, yes, but <laughs> overall, it's still, I mean, it's it's one of my favorite A solo albums, okay. for sure. So I'm not, would, I'm, I'm not in some weird minority where I think this oh, album no, is really fucking Oh, no, I think Trouble great. Walking's an underrated record. When people talk about the good Ace Frehley records, a lot of people don't mention. Like, you can ask Bill Wayne. Bill Wayne feels the same way. He loves him some Trouble Walking, dude. dude. this album just So you're not rocks. alone. I mean, yeah, dude. And look at the lineup he had. He had Richie Scarlett, John Regan, and Anton Fig. Are you fucking kidding me? I know. Anton Fig's oh, yeah. so good. He was on the Late Show Band. I know, right? And so was the, <laughs> the guy who played some of the bass on Ace Frehley's uh, first solo album, um, which was, what was his name? How did, how did he go from Ace Frehley to Paul Schaefer? Bill, no, Will Lee was the bass player on... Um, I'm talking about was, Anton. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, Ozone, the money. He's like, I got to pay the bills, bitch. That's oh, how you go. Yeah, he, he played bass on Ozone. I'm in need of love and wiped out, man. And he was the bass player in David Letterman's band, right along with uh, uh, Anton. So nice. Ace played the bass on most of his solo album. But those three songs was Will Lee. But no, man. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think uh, Trouble Walking is a, a, a kind of a criminally underrated record, man. Yeah. And, and it just... Uh, uh, it's like nobody talks about it. They talk about 78, and then they'll talk about... Like, Fraley's whatever, Comet. Yeah, Fraley's Comet, and then whatever he released last. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like, now how the fuck do you just gloss not over only that, he had Trouble Eddie Walking. Kramer producing it? I mean, yeah, dude, I think Trouble Walking is a very underrated record, man. I've always felt that way. I mean, and I remember when this album came out, me and my buddy Brian, Big B, uh, uh, Brian Honecker, man, we fucking, we would fucking, you know, play spades and shit on his kitchen or his, his picnic table, fucking Fuck get that. drunk and fucking listen to the shit out of this record, right along with all the thrash stuff. Dude, I, I paid so much money to get that on vinyl. Oh, really? Trouble Walking is so hard. I paid more for Trouble Walking than I paid for a first pressing of Kiss Alive with all the bells and whistles. Wow. That means the booklet. The sales fucking sheet that was in there, everything. Wow. I paid twenty bucks for a live. So yeah, for for me, it got I a mean, solid copy. I had to pay forty five dollars plus shipping and tax and all that to get trouble walking because it is that hard to find. I didn't know that, man. But you know what's funny is is I was going to get back to the colors of the background for each character. That's how it, that's what it started out is these fucking little pins that they the things they had to stick it on to display. He picked the colors that way, and that's how he did it. And then later, he's like, "Well, you, we'll use the same colors for the solo albums." And then when they did the Dynasty album, and they came up with those costumes, which is their Vegas, that's yeah, very gaudy costume. Yeah, I've never yeah, been a big fan of that look. And stuff. Yeah. I love, I love the looks before because it was always like a silver black, you know, kind of thing. Going you know whose look out of all the uh, out of the four of them that I like the most? And what era? It, the, the, the dynasty era. Who? Pete. You know what though? Peter hated it. He said, really? Where, oh, because he, he for whatever reason, the lion things had, on the side, the green lions on his fucking shoulders and stuff. He's, he he. It looked cool. I'll admit it did. The lions. Yeah, it almost reminds me of like the um, the Lannisters in Game of Thrones, where they have the lion heads on their shoulder pads of their armor. That's what it reminds me of. No, or I not. should say, when I watch Game of Thrones, I'm like, oh wait, man, he's got Peter Chris fucking. <laughs> you know, but but you're right. I mean, but again, that's where the colors came in effect with that yeah. look because they felt like with the Return of Kiss tour, not only were they touring for Dynasty, they were touring for the solo albums as well. And that's why Gene has the red cape. That's why Paul has the purple fucking blouse or shirt or wherever the fuck it is. Yeah. That's why Ace has the blue in his costume. And yeah. That's why Peter has the green yes. um, lion head. But but that's a good look for Pete. It, because it makes him look bigger because we all know Pete's the shortest of the bunch. It's like Kiss has a rule, short drummers only. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is ridiculous when you think of the drum risers and all the, you know, the kit and everything. And there's rising up and you're not going to see the motherfucker. You know, because Eric Carr, short. Eric Singer, short. <laughs> they, they have a thing for short drummers in Kiss. Well, Peter was 5'9", so he's almost six foot. So, and I'm sure with all them heels and they had them wear, but I know Peter, I know Eric Carr was a short little fucker. Man. Yeah. He wasn't very big at all. Um, but man, that little fucker could from his little ass Dude, off. he was a beast. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And, uh, you know. The best Kiss drummer to be unleashed. Like, those first six albums, especially those first six albums, and, and Dress to Kill especially is the Peter Chris show. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I mean it worked. It fit. Eric Carr was more of a metal drummer. You know, he came from more of a hard rock, heavy metal background than Pete did, so he wasn't doing these jazz things and such. But he was allowed to be unleashed. 
Only Eric on Singer. live situations. Eric he Singer, really, I feel... He wasn't feel... really unleashed on fucking Elder. Come on now. Well, who who was? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I gotta be honest when we're talking about the musicianship. I enjoy the album, but come on, I'm not, I'm also not a fool. Oh, Eric no. Singer, he <laughs> even his drum solos... I know he's such a better drummer. He's literally played with everybody. He's such a better drummer than they allow him to be. Here you go. Here's something interesting. My brother posted a video in the Metal Mike Facebook group page about Peter, where this guy, he's a drummer, and he was all like, it says, Peter Chris sucks, question mark. Try playing his most famous beat. Now, I don't know what song it is, but this guy's going, hell, we thought this was going to be easy. Yeah. I would Peter assume it's rock and roll all night. Probably he and then and then David, my brother, says, I totally agree with this kid. While Chris may not be a Neil Peart or John Bonham, he's also not a total hack. I get tired of people shitting on Peter simply because they don't like Kiss. Peter Chris was a solid drummer. To think otherwise seems foolish to me right. and prejudice as hell. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, you listen to that drum solo on a life. What happened with Peter Chris is he had that really bad car wreck and he was fucking fucked up on coke. He was fucked up, and his skills deteriorated. You cannot deny that. I man. prefer his drum solo on Alive too. Oh, I but he was but that was before the accident. Okay, 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 okay. You gotta understand. Um, this was like during. Actually, Peter was all crippled up when he recorded the solo album because he was gonna play drums on that record and he couldn't. Right. Okay, and then once he recovered, he was so fuck his his skills deteriorated to the point to where. I mean, dude, they had to get Anton Fig. I mean, think about it. the guy that he picked to produce his solo album. They picked him to do Dynasty, and he was all like, "Pete, I love you, man, but you need to you." Yeah, they they had to bring in Anton Fig, dude. His his drumming, and even on Dirty Living, if you listen to the demo, his drumming is so much better on that demo than it was because like i said he'd gotten the car wreck and i don't think peter was ever really truly the same muse mus, musicality wise you know or musicianship wise after that now i'm not putting him down i i know he worked really hard to to do what he did with the uh with the uh reunion tour and one of the things that gene did comment on that was when they were rehearsing and getting back together they realized that peter's drum patterns were a hell of a lot more complex yes than they originally thought. And I'm like, well, he, you know, the guy was taught by fucking um, Gene Krupa. I mean, he was a fucking jazz drummer. Yes, playing you know, rock I mean, and roll. And, and this is one reason why I do get irritated with Gene and Paul. As much as I love him, I'm like, guys, you had a guy, you, you always wanted a John Bonham type of drummer. You finally get one in Eric Carr, and you didn't really let him cut loose right away. Like, man. I don't know, man. He was, he was pretty heavy on they creatures. Did. He's very heavy on creatures, but look how many... It, dude, they should have showcased his drumming skill right off the fucking bat. Yeah. I said it before, and I'll say it again. They make an album as heavy as Creatures when they release The Elder. I don't know if Kiss is popular. I don't know if they would have had to take their makeup off in the 80s. They, I'm just going to say... They may not have. They may if not they had have. just made... It was like they were always just a like. I'm sorry, man. The Elder, whether you like the record or not, it was not the right record to make at that time. It was a serious misstep, man. Serious misstep. And it almost derailed the entire band. Man. Oh, like, I know. I you know. know, like... It's it's to me it, it's like Dynasty. Really, Dynasty is good a record as it is. It was not the record to make at that time. Not after doing the solo albums, which were kind of sketchy at best. Then you do your fucking movie, which was a 
I mean, come on, it's cheesy as hell, and we love it, but yeah. I mean, I, I ain't gonna lie. I, as a little boy, eight-year-old Mike, I fucking love Chris Kiss Me's Family Park. But you know what? My cousin Mitchell and my neighbor next door, Kevin, thought it was fucking lame. And that's when the older kids and the older guys started looking at Kiss differently, right. man. I've often said if they would have listened <laughs> to Ace and done a fucking – because Ace wasn't a, against doing a movie. But he's like, well, why aren't we doing a documentary kind of like – what Zeppelin did with Song remains the same. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. Do you realize how big that would have went over in movie theaters in yeah. 1977, 78? Who, I mean, to see Kiss on the big screen yeah, yeah. in their prime? Kind of like that fake documentary that dude did finally make, uh, The yeah. Greatest Show on Earth or whatever. If they'd have done something like that, holy fuck, dude. Oh, yeah. Scorsese yeah. even did a movie like that, but with the Rolling Stones. Right, right. And it's fucking amazing. It's you, awesome, Because you get a lot yeah. of performance stuff. You get a lot of the background stuff. Oh, yeah. Now, there's there's obviously a reason we all love this band so much. So much sure. so that we brought it back for an episode. We're going to just be like, you know what? We're going to talk about Rock and Pod and fucking Kiss. <laughs> well, a reason I mean, we it's, love it's this appropriate. Band. No, I got I lucky mean, because, and, and yes, I'm going to say it this way. I got lucky because I got into Kiss in the 80s. You know, I did get handed their their, their two most influential albums, the debut and fucking Alive. You know, and I dug the fuck out of it. The first album I got after that was fucking Crazy Nights. And that was the sound that I was listening to at the time. You know, because of my age. I was 12 years old. It made perfect goddamn sense to me. You know what I mean? So I, I ended up hearing a lot more of the 80s stuff before I'd even heard most of the 70s stuff. You know, and thank God for Columbia House, because that's how I built up my Kiss discography. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, buying through them. But I had to go backwards. I remember a buddy of mine had made me a mixtape because he had said he had all the Kiss albums. And at the time, I had those three records. Crazy Nights, Alive, excuse me, and 73 debut or 74 debut. He made me a mixtape, and I'm hearing songs I had never heard before. And it was weird because, dude, I dug all of it. And he was like literally taking a song from each album, and he put it on this mixtape for me. You remember back in the day when we used to do that, make mixtapes? Like that oh, was yeah. the easiest way to get a blowjob. We did a fucking to episode a, to give a girl a mixtape. <laughs> we did a we literally did an episode where we made a mixtape, man. I wouldn't mind doing another one of those. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun. I'll have to go through my old list, though, because I don't want to repeat myself. Exactly. But yeah, man, uh, you know, Kiss, for whatever they are now, you're never going to take away what Kiss was and what Kiss is to the hard rock and heavy metal community. I mean, even to this day, uh, even with all the drama, Paul's voice, backing vocals, background tapes, all that shit, even with all that, you're never going to take all that shit away. Well, you know, this is the way I look at it, Bushy, because people tell me, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, look, it, at the end of the day, I'm to quote our good friend, Dr. Fuck. And when he said it, I mean, I've always felt that way to me. Nothing will ever taint that magical period from 1974 to 1978. I mean, it's my yeah. childhood, Bushy, you know, like that period. And I'll even include 79 to a certain extent. Um, that was that was I, the heyday, a, man. That was the prime. And it was a magical time, dude, you know, for me. I mean, it was my childhood. I remember seeing them on the Paul Lynn Halloween special. I was six years old, dude. Like, it it was a huge deal, you know. It was like, 
I mean, so yes, Kiss will always be an important band to me. Always. Oh, Doesn't yeah. matter what they do or Same. yeah, I mean, yeah, they've got the last of my money. I, I'm not I, I wouldn't pay a nickel to go see them now. And I I don't even really buy a lot of their new like even their box sets. I'm like, eh. Part you know. of me part of me because they're coming through um Knoxville or something. They're not very far away. And I'm like, I'm on the fence, man. I'm on the fence because I'm like, this is, it's going to be the last time. You know, because I'm not flying to fucking I'll Vegas believe it when for I a residency. It. I'll believe it when I see they're it. They're in their the 70s. I don't, know how, I don't know how much longer they can do it. I know what they're saying, but Gene makes a valid point. You know, Mick Jagger running around on stage, goose stepping, put my 70 pounds of armor on him and see what he does. I agree. How can these guys? How can these guys keep doing it? Right. So who knows? So part of me, man, there's a very small that young kid that said, you know, I'm not going to go to a concert ever because I missed everything unless Kiss puts some makeup back on. You know, I didn't think that would happen. So who the fuck knows? I part of me wants to go. I'm not going to lie. Hey, part of man. me wants to go to see it one last time. I know it's not Ace. I know it's not fucking Peter. But one last time. Hey, hey have it's, fun with that. It's, it's tough. I don't. I don't know. I, I have, have no desire. Yeah, don't see care. me. And I love Kiss, but I'm like that's not Kiss to me. I'm sorry, but it's not. I even feel that when I saw the Crazy Nights tour, that was more. And maybe I don't know. Maybe it's weird. I know some. You Well, I I do fucking care. And maybe it's because I grew up with that, those guys, and they, right. you know, like yeah. But it does matter to me that they got somebody else, and and I'm I don't like it. I don't like it. it. Has nothing to do with their musical ability. Has nothing to do with how they are as people. Has nothing to do with any of that, man. Right. But uh, but it yeah. I mean, come on. Even a Tommy's signature guitar is a fucking copy of aces it's like really you can't even let the poor guy have his own guitar like i mean it's nauseating but hey i'm sure tommy gets paid very well to do what he does i'm sure he does if it wasn't him it'd have been somebody else yeah. so i don't really hate on tommy per se you, you can't hate tommy because you know he he was with gene forever in the first place and he got hired to fill a role um he obviously respects Gene. He obviously respects the band and their music. That's cool. I like that about Tommy. I don't like how even dude even put him in that makeup. Let's 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 say this. Let's say put him in that fucking makeup. Put him in Ace Clone fucking costumes. Do you have to do all the Ace moves? Do you have to do the shooting the rockets out of the end of the fucking Come on, do your own thing. The only thing he doesn't do yet, I'm still waiting for him to fucking bastardize this, is the smoking guitar solo, where he fucking smacks the thing and you all the fucking smoke coming out of the guitar. Right. That's the only thing he doesn't do. This an exact ace clone. Wouldn't it be nice? Let's and, and let's keep him in the makeup. Let's keep him in the outfit. But what if he was himself in that shit? Yeah. Does that make it different? Even though he's wearing the makeup and the costume? I mean, Eric, we're just irritated as Pete's makeup. Because he doesn't play like Pete. Nope. He sure don't. You know, he's a much better drummer than Peter is. But you know what? I also don't think he drums like he did 
Oh, he did. He does a drum like he did, did Badlands or even on the Revenge record. That's what I was just gonna say. During that era, man, he was allowed to be more of himself, and uh, that's. I think that's what bugs me more about it than anything. Do these two hired guns have to act like Pete and Ace because they are the Cat Man and the Spaceman? That argument, I understand, I support, and agree with. That's the only issue I have with this makeup thing. Other than that, I don't know that I would care. I don't yeah. know that I would care if them with them being in that makeup. Fuck it, put the fox's makeup on them. You know. Well, at least then you could maybe do it as a fucking tribute to Eric Carr. And what about yeah. Paul's old bandit makeup? I always thought that makeup looked cool. I I know? prefer it to the star makeup. And to be honest with you, man, how cool would it have been if they had created characters for uh, for um. Um, there was a while back somebody did a really neat contest that Bruce Kulick he picked the design, but people designed different characters for Bruce. Like, what if Bruce had had his own character? And I forget what they, but it was pretty cool looking, dude. I was like, man, it is fucking cool looking makeup. So, you know, I think it could have been really cool. But I also understand how it was just simpler for them to go ahead and take the makeup off and. Just be like, fuck it, man. And then they didn't have to worry about, okay, you be fucking Laser Boy or whatever kind of Well, that's the thing. I mean, you bring Eric Carr in after Pete leaves. Ace is still with the band. And they were smart then. They're like, look, this is not Peter Chris. This is a completely different guy, a completely different style. Let's make him the Eagle, which was horrible. And then they went with the Fox makeup, a much, much better idea. When fucking Vinny came in. Well, we can't have him do the spaceman thing because it's already been done. But, oh, he's the Egyptian warrior, which is just about as outer space as you can get when you think of ancient Egypt. Let's put an onk on his face. Makes sense. It also makes sense. That it's like, okay, wait, these guys are coming in and going out. Stop it. We've, we've, hit, we've hit that point already. We can't do it anymore. Take it off. Right. You know, because what are you going to do? You know, uh, Vinny... Leaves to contemplate his mistakes, as Gene said, in uh, Kiss Exposed or Extreme Close-Up. I can't remember which one. Uh, but Vinny gets fired to contemplate his mistakes, and you bring in Mark St. John. Well, well now you got to get makeup for him. And then he gets writer syndrome. So he's out. And then you bring in Bruce Keeler. How, how many fucking different makeups are you going to have? Right. So, so I definitely understand... What Gene and Paul were thinking, because, okay, oh, we, sure. we did this big and, reunion tour, we're kissed, we're doing the bombastic makeup, fire-breathing, blood-drooling stage show. You, you've got to have those guys on stage, and if you can't have those guys on stage, I, I guess I understand. I don't like it, but honestly, if it was still those four guys, they wouldn't be touring, because we'd have a different drummer anyway, because Pete can't drum anymore. No, he he Unfortunately. Can't. Right. And, and, you know, I, I don't know. Like, like I said, my only biggest problem sometimes is like, you know, with Paul, like it's like the whole fucking, you know, he, he wants to go, well, Ace can't play anymore and Peter can't. Well, brother, you can't fucking sing anymore. And, and everybody knows it, yeah. you know, it's like the elephant in the room. And I, did I, you see the Howard Stern performance? Um, no, I did not. Again, I, I just don't care anymore, Bush. When it comes to current Kiss, I don't care. I I just don't give a fuck, man. I feel I, you. I, I guess I do because they're what got me into rock and metal. And 
Well, I, I mean, I, to this day, dude, I've got Kiss shit all over my house. I, well, I'm, I do, dude. I've, I'm sitting right now. I have this cool thing. It was a gift. It's the Kiss debut album, right? I'm going to send you a picture. But you know how, uh, you know how Ralph has that King Diamond album that's like a 3D vinyl kind of thing? Um, yeah. Have you have you seen that thing? Because he, he showed pictures of it when he got it. I think so. Yeah, I'm hold on. I'm I'm snapping photos. So it's like the faces are coming out of the record. Let me send these to you. Um, shit, I can't do it on Skype. I'm going to send them to you a messenger and I want you to check them out. But fucking, uh, I mean, I have kiss shit everywhere. I have Gene Simmons on my desk. Uh, Destroyer era. <laughs> With the spikes all over his shit. You know, fucking amazing. I got this vinyl thing. I have an autographed picture of Gene Simmons right above that. And then an old, again, Destroyer era, probably. Could be a little before or a little after. No, that's Destroyer. I think my Gene doll is like Love Gun era. Eh, oh, either, cool. Yeah, either, that is cool. Either man. way, it's got the spikes and shit. Oh, right. And it's from the first album cover. Very, very cool. Oh, that that vinyl thing? Yeah, man. Yeah. It's all fucking 3D Where'd and shit. Where'd you get that at? Uh, Amazon. Cool. Dude, this chick went into my Amazon account and just everything I had in my cart to buy later on. <laughs> she, just oh, bought, she just bought it. The, you're the girl you're seeing now? Yeah. Man, she's spoiling the fuck out of you, dude. It's ridiculous. I keep telling her to stop. Right on. Because I'm not that guy, but I do like presents, so. <laughs> well, who don't, man? But no, this is, to me, they're still the hottest band in the world. You know. Um, no, to me, they're not. They, they are to me. Are, are they um, to, Are they today? No. No, but are 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 you going to say that because the Beatles aren't together and half of them are dead, they're not the greatest band of all time? I didn't say that. I don't think that, but they are. You know what I mean? I I, I recognize their contributions to music, and I prefer their not hippie shit. But but I you know I get it. I understand. I I, I understand. And to me, that's that's how it is with Kiss. They're just they're always going to be my favorite band. And for whatever reason, man, I can like. Man, I'm not listening to this fucking band. I'm done. I always come back to them. I open every show. Every big bushy power hour. I always play a couple songs before to you know let the audience come in if they're going to come in or not. And yeah, Dr. Fuck, I don't care if I only get three or four people in my chat room. It's fine. <laughs> fucking egotistical bitch. <laughs> no, I mean, I know what you're saying, dude. But like I open I said, every I... show with Kiss. I've done it since I started Dude, this I play Kiss in every Friday night. I at least play one or two songs of theirs every but check this out. Metal Mike show. Man. I love Kiss. This is what I love about Kiss. They have so much to draw from. My very first Big Bushy Power Hour was September of September eleventh, twenty sixteen. That was my very first show. Since then I have opened with Kiss every single show. If I'm not filling in for somebody, spot shows I don't count, just power hour shows. Every single show I have opened up with Kiss since 2016. I have never doubled a song yet. Wow. 
Now, sometimes I play live shit. So if you want to say, well, yeah, but you played like Black Diamond, then you played like Black Diamond live. And you played like God of Thunder, but then you played like God of Thunder live. Well, yeah, no shit, Shantae. But I'm saying um, that that's a live version of the song. Most of this Kiss I play, I'm not going to lie, is from. But I like doing the deep tracks. You know, like Lover All I Can. Yeah. Shit like that, you know. Much better um, than that other stupid fucking song they had. Anything um, for my baby. No, actually, I, I kind of like that song. I like Fuck that song. You, no, no, I hate that song. Oh, sorry about your bad luck. It's better than fucking crazy nice. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on a minute. There's something I want to show that you. Paul real quick. sings that I. So hate. keep talking. Keep talking. Dude. Yeah, yeah. There, there's. Is it anything for my baby? Man, what the fuck is it? See, here's what's funny, people, because Metal Mike had to walk away, and I've got to go and look and see what this fucking song is because I know I hate it, but I know I hate it when I hear it. Da, 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 da. Do You Love Me? That's the one. Dude, I fucking hate that song. I don't know why you fans out there listen to that song. It is fucking bullshit. I don't like the whole, you know, acapella thing that Paul does. I, I, I think the riffs are lazy. I think it's a terrible, terrible fucking song. Ugh. Yeah, Love All I Can, I like, and Anything For My Baby, I actually like, too. I would steal anything for my baby. I will have deal. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Okay, I missed about half of what you're saying right now, but I have my reasons. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to put the camera on real quick. Well, that's okay. okay. I want to tell you what song that I that I hate so much. See this? It is, uh, dude, that's badass. This is from the re reunion tour. That is badass. Um, Cause that's, I got this. I that's got this. the four faces from fucking You Wanted the Best, yes. You Got the Best, but not this the is, fire flame thing right. going this on. Is, uh, same as just my shirt, the shirt I had, the Alive shirt that nice. I bought. When I would see him, yeah, I love Kiss. You know, don't let's not get it twisted, man. They they're still my boys. Do you love me? What do you think of that song? I like it. Fuck but that it, song. But it's, I don't like the placement. You'll have to you'll have to go back and listen to this. I hate this fucking song. Um, uh, do you love me? Is an all right song, but I don't like the placement. It should not have been the closing track for Destroyer. It should have been Shout Out Loud. It should, it should have, have went into right. Do You Love Me and then Shout It Out Loud. Oh, please. I'll take that song over fucking Turn On The Night. I, I love Turn Fuck On out. The Night. Yeah, I'll be right back. <laughs> Turn On The Night. Fucking Metal Mike. He doesn't appreciate good music. Turn on the night is a great song. I can't wait, can't wait any longer. Turn on the night, dude. Paul's vocals on Crazy Nights—that is probably when his voice was the strongest, because he could sing a whole song a cappella. I mean, come on, My Way. Everyone bitches about My Way. Fuck you. That's a great song, man. His vocals are insane on that track. Turn on the night, same way. Yeah, it's got keyboards and such. And I understand, um, you know, the Bon Jovi, you know, Kiss Jovi, whatever. I, I, <laughs> I get it. But fuck you, man. That's a great track. Great track. You there, dude? Yeah, I was just explaining to the listeners why you were um, wrong. Wrong about Turn on the Night. <laughs> 
That fucking song sucks, dude. How am I fucking wrong? Enlighten me. I guarantee you more people agree with me than you. Whoa. I can't wait, can't wait any longer. Turn on the night. Kiss Joe. God. I, I, I alluded to it. Paul's best, terrible. Paul's best vocals are on that All record. All right, hey, I, I conceded that time you and Chris yeah. were on. I said Paul was amazing vocally. He sings his fucking heart out on that song. I or even album. even my way, nice. dude. You I remember won't. you remember seventy nine when he's doing the fucking that doesn't mean it's good. doing all that fucking you know falsetto shit. Falsetto My way is, is like almost it. all fucking falsetto is amazing. Yeah, yeah, falsetto is what I call it, and um, <laughs> that's fucking um, great. Look, dude. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Bang, bang, you. That's such a sexy fucking tune. Wow. Yeah, oh, if you're, if you're into homoeroticism. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, hey, it's 2023. It's okay. And, and I, I'm not. Uh, Are you slut shaming me? I so am. And <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Yeah, I mean, look, dude, you do you, bro. I mean, if you really like, I just, oh my God. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Do You Love Me is like this incredible song. It's no, it's one of the weaker songs. Why Australia. do fans like that song? It's so fucking bad. Um, but you're telling you me that's like bad. Malibu but you're telling me that you like that's the way worse than Hide Your Fucking Heart Love hide or your heart. most of the 80s garbage that they put out. I'll take any of the Post 80s garbage Philo. over Do You Love Me. Oh, get the fuck out yeah. of here. Dude, oh, you're that and Tears Are Falling are, uh, are like my two most hated Kiss songs. See, and I, I would think you'd be all about Tears Are Falling. Oh, dude, I hate that fucking song. I'm just saying. I you hate know? that fucking video. It's like got the best Kiss guitar solo of any fucking song, and it's in the shittiest fucking Kiss song ever. Whoa, 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 whoa. Look, that's a sweet solo Bruce does on that song, but it's not the best Kiss solo of any fucking Kiss song ever. Come Get on. the fuck out of here. That solo's fucking Stop glistering. It. It's amazing. Great solo, but it ain't better than fucking... Come on, yeah, dude. Yeah, better no. than what? Uh-huh. What, what? I saw you roll your eyes, bitch. Strange Ways. Strange Ways. Um, fucking the Ooh. guitar solo for Black Diamond. Get the... Stop, Bushy. Just stop. It's different styles, and I like that 80s style of guitar playing. Um, I didn't say it was a bad guitar solo. I just said it's... I think it's one of the Bruce's best. Okay, let's say this. The but best better 80s, Kiss, 80s era Kiss guitar solo. How about that? Tears Are Falling has, if not the best, it is one of the best 80s era guitar solos. And probably, definitely, which is a contradiction in terms, Bruce's best solo. Would you argue that? I don't know, man. He does some pretty sweet fucking guitar work on Carnival of Souls, but that's 90s Kiss. Yeah, I'm talking 80s Kiss. Otherwise, we have to throw Revenge in there, and I think even the solo on Unholy might beat them. Oh, Unholy, I think it's great. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. But for 80s, 80s era Kiss, when they're doing that whole glammy thing they were doing, I, dude, I hate that song. I hate that video. I hate Paul with his stupid fucking windshield wiper fucking fingers hanging down in front of us i hate this fucking song it's like the worst chorus ever ever i mean why look, do people I'm, like this song 
I'm oh, not. Oh no, tears are falling. Look, I'm not. I'm not the world's biggest. Repeat uh, four times. Um, <laughs> fan of that song, bro. I'm kind of there with you, but it just again it boggles my mind that you're like a staunch it. defender of Bane Bane you. Yes, that you're going to rip on. I'm like, what's the difference? I don't see a difference, oh. dude. They're both really bad. That's just I, a bad era of kids. Bang bang me. you all oh, day long, twice on God. Sunday over tears are falling. See, I can I leave them both out of my listening experience? <laughs> you can. I, thank you, because God. <laughs> That's the great uh, thing about digital music. You don't, you can skip. Uh, fuck, dude. <laughs> if you're listening to the record, you're fucked. You got to hear that shit. Oh at least God. at least on Destroyer, if you're closing out with Do You Love Me, lift the needle. Nope, it was done already. <laughs> well, personally, like I said, they should have finished the album. With, the sequencing on that record's kind of fucked, I think. And and that uh, and I think "Shout It Out Loud" should have been the closing track, yeah, hands yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. Um, Agreed. Agreed. You know. I tell you what, Metal Mike, I've had a great time, man. Uh, we have. This has been a fun talk. This yeah. has been. A, it's always fun talking about. I don't know what it is about that band. There's just so much history and just craziness with it that it's like it's it's very. The Kiss Vortex is very addictive. It just is. It is. And and this is a great way to do it because instead of getting sidetracked in a Kiss fucking hole, <laughs> we just said, fuck it, we're going down the Kiss hole. <laughs> it is great. Some of the most iconic fucking album covers of our youth. I mean, of course, we could talk about Maiden and Priest. Oh, of course. And, you know, those yeah. bands. But Kiss, I mean, come on. Those four faces... I, I get it. I, I understand Gina Paul. I don't like it, but I get it. I understand you have to have those two faces, but we could tell us not the actual faces. I guess that's my biggest problem. <laughs> no, no, that's not him. That's like that fucking guy that was a bum on the street saying he was Peter Chris that showed up on Donahue. <laughs> you remember that shit? <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> what a great episode that was. Uh I think we need to get out of here. I have to edit sure. and get this up. I have, dude, I have so much cleaning in my house to do. My sister's coming down from uh, Virginia. Uh, she's actually in North Carolina right now. Um, her best girlfriend for Christ, maybe since she was a teenager, late teenager, early married, because she got married young the first time too. But her best girlfriend and her wife, because, yeah, those two are lesbians. Uh, moved to North Carolina, and they're about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes away from me. So tomorrow she's driving from there to here. Come hang out with me for the day. She's going to spend the night. Of course, i got to work in the morning. And uh, she'll head back home to Virginia. But yeah, I get to hang out with my sister tomorrow. She's bringing me my grandfather's fucking 45. I'm excited about that. You know, I'm a pro two-way guy. I'm a gun guy. Right on, right on, dude. Um, right now, I only have one pistol. It's a forty cal, and it's a high point. This is a nineteen eleven, uh, so I'm really excited to get that. So a forty five with two magazines and a shoulder holster, baby. <laughs> yeah, sweet. <laughs> and it was my grandfather, so that's that. That makes it even better, especially knowing that at least my sister got a hold of that pistol before my dad got too sick and then passed away because my stepmother sold all of his guns off. I frankly think they should have come to me, and that is a big source of contention. I actually haven't physically spoken to her since the funeral because of it. His AR-15, his 30-06, his 30-30, his fucking 12-gauge, his 10-gauge, his 16-gauge, 
and his multiple number of pistols. I think he had a pistol on every fucking caliber. Uh, none of that went to me. She sold it all. Uh, so that infuriates me. It's nice to know that my dad gave my sister that pistol and that my sister's given me that pistol. That is pretty cool, dude. Fuck yeah, man. It's, it's the only family heirloom we're going to have. Right on. So I will see you next Friday. Yes, sir, man. Fuck yeah, in fucking Nashville. Looking forward to it, brother. Hell yeah, it's going to be such it's a good gonna time. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so much fun, man. It's just going to be great to catch up with you and the, and the flesh, so to speak, and everybody else. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. And, uh, We're meeting new people I, that we already know. We'll right, meet new I, I people can't wait that we to take a know. picture of you puking and throwing yeah. the devil horns. Yeah, what is yeah. this? Look, another source of contention. <laughs> Formal protest, as Sheldon Cooper would say. Nerdgasms, gotcha. Informal protest. Bazinga? <laughs> right. Um, I've puked once at Rock and Pod. Once. Yes, I know. Out of all these fucking events I've been to. And I was to, glad that I was able to record that. I got sick once. That's true. And you it's did. like now all of a sudden I'm supposed to puke all the time. Look, I am not Mark Alden Taylor. I'm not coming down there and snorting whiskey for everybody, okay? I'm not going to throw up for you motherfuckers. This is what happened. I do not like Jack Daniels, okay? Ian Wadley got some really good Jack Daniels. Like some really good, like that high-end Jack Daniels. And that shit's already fucking expensive. And I took a shot and I knew. Ooh. Ew, 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 ew. And I'm drinking Evan Williams and Coke right now as we're recording this. Right. You know, so I like bourbon, so I don't want to hear that bullshit. I don't Bushy. like Jack Daniels. I drink this shit and I can already feel it. I'm like, ooh, don't do that. Well, Wadzilla, you know, thank God I'm not a drug addict because he's a fucking pusher. <laughs> that is true. He is. So I take this second shot. We're drinking straight from the bottle, guys. So. Whatever AIDS or herpagonocephalitis that fucking Wadley has, I probably have now. Well, when I take this next shot, I pour the bottle back too hard. It splashed and hit the back of my throat. Now, unlike Wadley, who would have swallowed that down and been good, me, I can't have that shit hitting the back of my throat. You got to pull it back an inch, okay? <laughs> so when this shit hits the back of my throat, I was already, my mouth was already watering from the first one. It's soon is it hit the back of my throat and just dropped down my gullet. I knew it. So I had to run into the bathroom because I knew it was coming up, dude. I knew it was. I'd been drinking literally all day. <laughs> literally, not figuratively, people. Literally. I got up in the morning. It's a metal bike. We got to get ready. Uh, rock a pot. I got to go get coffee. <laughs> I went downstairs. I got coffee. Came back upstairs. The coffee wasn't working. I cracked a beer in the room after my shower before we went downstairs to set up for the actual event I was literally drinking all day <laughs> so yeah that yes, Jack Daniels yes. fucked me up it did I did and I, I'm just glad I was there to record it for posterity man and you threw the devil like I forget who it was that was bragging on you I think it might have been Bildo or Kane it was like dude but he was throwing the devil horns throwing the horns doing bitches it. Yeah, like, it was like, fuck it, I'm puking, fuck all y'all. I'm still metal as fuck, and it was pretty awesome, dude. Yeah, so. it was a good time. I was hanging out with Ralph and Ian and fucking uh, you and we uh, Lee Gersman, and we were calling Mark and fucking with Mark and fucking with his wife on the phone. Such a great time. Such a great time. If that's the kind of stuff you want to see, folks, come to Nashville this coming Saturday. 
Okay, that's the main rockin' pod. Now, come Friday, because that would be great, because that's when we're all going to get there. But Friday, Saturday, Sunday, man, Rockin' Pod Expo. It's a whole weekend, three days. There's a lot of events. Uh, a couple are 20 bucks, one's 30 bucks. The actual Rocket Pod itself is $25. Use code PLUG20. You get 20% off on that. Come down, hang out, come to the table, get yourself a sticker, get a picture with me and Metal Mike. We'll say hi to you, man. We're looking forward to seeing everybody out there. If you don't come, we're going to talk shit about you for at least the next six months. For sure. Hell yeah. It'll be a great time. Mike, I, I, man, I, I can't wait to see you again. Oh, dude, it's going to be a blast. Fuck I'm, yeah. Man, I'm looking so forward to this trip, dude. You don't even know. Yeah, we're going to have a ball. Just don't be jerking off this time. That was weird. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> I couldn't help myself, dude. What's her face from the bar, you know? <laughs> right? Dakota. Dakota. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dakota. Oh, yeah. Lord. The New Jersey girl that connected with Bushy because he's a New York boy. <laughs> Gosh, she was hot, man. I connected to her just because she's fucking hot. Had yeah, nothing yeah. to do with where she's from. <laughs> she heard another Yankee accent in a southern town. She liked it. <laughs> yeah. Come down to see us. I've had a good time fucking uh, hanging out with you, Mike. Um, always. It's always a pleasure, my friend. I got nothing to promote but Rock and Pod. You know, even you know the, what? Even and, the and station right to take a back you, seat. Rock and Pod. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, dude. Uh, I, I rock and pod see you guys hope everybody can make it man i'd love to meet you and uh y'all keep fighting the good fight and stay metal motherfuckers hell yeah we will be back on the rebound fuck yeah oh by the way if you can't make it to rocket pod even though you should definitely make it to rocket pod uh go to the rocketpodexpo.com there is a package you can buy uh it's an on-demand thing where you can watch everything they're going to have a professional video crew there filming everything um if, if you know Bushy, I'm going to get on that fucking camera because I'm just an egotistical bitch like that. You know, Dr. Fuck thinks he has an ego. He hasn't seen anything. I will get on that camera. But they're going to record the whole event. And then uh, about a week after the, the event, you can go ahead and check that out. So go to rockandpodexpo.com. Get your tickets or get your tickets for the uh, video viewing. I'd prefer you get your tickets, come in and see us. Have a drink with us. Motherfuckers buy vinyl. We'll see you next time. For those who love it loud, Pantheon Podcast presents Rockin' Pod Weekend. Nashville, March 17th through the 19th. It's a rock convention featuring panels, interviews, podcasts, signing sessions, vinyl, comic books, pop culture, and collectibles. Over 50 celebrity guests, including members of Mr. Big, Tough, Great White, Keel, Winger, Accept, and Twisted Sister. Live concerts including Rare Hair on Friday, Keel Fest 2 on Saturday, and Eric Martin's Big Acoustic on Sunday. Plus a rockin' comedy show featuring Courtney Cronin Dold, Don Jameson from That Metal Show, and Craig Gast from The Howard Stern Show, and a whole lot more. Full details at rockinpod.com. Rockin' Pod Weekend is presented by Pantheon Podcasts in association with RFK Media, Third Power Amplification, and BobbyDreyer.com. Thank you.